Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign, KI6NAZ. And I'm Leia, KN6NWZ. And we talk about ham radio, among many other things. Kind of. So come along with us, won't you? Hey, Leia, how's your week been so far? Oh, so fun. My week has been crazy. I know your week has been crazy, as has mine. Yeah. And when my week gets crazy, your week gets crazy. (laughs) (laughs) All weeks get crazy. I have been in orientation after orientation for the start of the new school year. Yes. Starts on Monday. Starts on Monday. And the, uh, the school district basically issued some policies that we didn't agree with. And that is code for Clay saying, so I went full community activism. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Facebook groups were made, email templates created, live questions created and farmed out to individuals. Yes. So if you ever have an issue with your local government, this these are the steps you should take. (laughs) Yes. First. You get all of the people. Oh, I should note that. This is the first thing you do. (laughs) Yeah. The first thing is you have to find a lot of people who are also upset with you or will be very Otherwise, you're that guy (laughs) at the council meeting that's just milking the time for every second. Right. And everybody's like, I don't care about that particular orange tree that looks at you angrily when you wake up in the morning. You have to leave that guy with the antenna on his roof alone. (laughs) He's protected. Not by the FCC, but an army of angry YouTube commenters. Mostly angry at him. Yeah. But some of them are very loyal. So the first thing you do is you rally these people who are upset. Yes. On a Facebook group generally is a good way. And then Mm -hmm. you proceed to create an email campaign to anyone who could control the situation that is elected. Okay. Sure. This is very important because nothing you spam email boxes powerful to convince people in power who are elected than bombarding them. With emails that all basically say the same thing coming from hundreds of people. Yeah, particularly what you do is you go on your link, their LinkedIn page. You figure out if they're a fan of Inbox Zero. Those yeah. are the ones you go after. <laughs> Just spam their inbox. I think one of the board members' email boxes got so full it that stopped it's... accepting emails. <laughs> yes. How full did it get? Exactly. So full that it stopped being a valid email box. Yes. And the notifications that Leia is getting that you might have heard on the podcast is literally people just congratulating each other for the effectiveness (laughs) of Leia's grassroots efforts in the community. Well, it wasn't just me, I should say. Of course, but you were the the tip of the spear. I think I've mentioned before that Mm -hmm. I know people who are elected officials and I've worked on campaigns. Correct. So it it always is a group effort. You can't course, do it alone, right? Of course, of course. I mean, that's what living in society is. is I know you, every, you have to know how to mobilize a group. I know everybody's like, what were you fighting over? <laughs> that you? <laughs> then I published all of their phone numbers. 
<laughs> what are you rebelling against? And there's actually... What there's, have you got? There's nothing wrong with publishing a mm-hmm. uh, elected official's phone numbers. It's supposed to be public record. So then people started calling and texting. Oh, and okay. when the pizza showed up, that's when it got <laughs> real serious. Then the last thing is we organized... Uh, comments like salient comments not crazy people just ranting Mm -hmm. but proof that came from legislative uh code right Mm -hmm. yeah um comparisons to other school districts that have already implemented correct certain things because specifically they were saying the things we were you we were looking for were not possible like right, a non-starter. They, they actually said it was illegal when we and they were like, it "Well, that's interesting. We're all in LA County. Look at this city that's also in LA County that yes. is doing the exact thing that we're looking for. Wow, how did that happen? I don't know how to get it to stop. Honestly, I don't <laughs> you know gotta how to put get... the little moon thing. I did the moon thing's on. Then mute it. I did the, the volume. <laughs> Everything is off. Oh my goodness. Anyways, uh, so then we organized it and mm-hmm. we ended up making their meeting that started at 530 mm-hmm. and at the latest possible time, which is 1159. And that is legally they have to shut down at that point because it pushes to the next day. And they and become they flight attendants and, and flight crews at that point. They, yeah. have, to, they have to have a break. Uh, so the major issue that we were fighting over, aside from increased instruction time for uh, people who decided to do independent study, because in California, we only have two options, really, that the state will fund for education this year. Mm -hmm. And if people want to stay home, they have to go independent study. If they want to uh, go in person, that's fine. But both are funded the same way. There's no monetary change. Yeah, there's not like, if the kid's in school, like it's not like more money. And our district got $50 million in COVID relief. Plus, they were also trying to double dip. They were trying to figure out who was not going to be in class and then build a class around the empty seats that that kid wouldn't be filling. Yes. And then tell the parents that your seat is not saved. Yes. If you wanted to come back. That was the other big thing. They were going to tell us. Now you're just making us real angry. So we purposely... So we live in a city that's very well known for excellent schools. And we actually purposely bought our house in the attendance areas of the best elementary school, best junior high, and best high school, which is like a tiny part of the city. Which is your alma mater, which ranks... No. Oh, well, I guess well, second high best high yeah. school. because the In best, California. The best high school you have to actually have to test in. In the in nation Syria. or in California? Uh, sometimes the nation. Okay. M- most often. It's competitive. California. Right. It gets competitive. So they were trying to tell these parents that if they decided to keep their families at home because they had pre-existing conditions, whatever, to go independent study until vaccines were available for kids, that they were going to lose their places at their homeschool in which they live. Right. Their attendance area. Which is literally, we pay for the school. Yes. Like, that is how this works. Yes. We are in this community. We are zoned for this district. We bought in this district. Yeah, I know this we, is a ham radio yeah. podcast, but we yeah. were, this is a big, I, very I, frustrating. But anyways, that is, so we organized all of these people to come speak with very salient, logical points. Again, very good word, salient. Yes. <laughs> Buzzword. New, yeah. new, new word. Everybody drink. Yeah. Salient. <laughs> so... Then by the end, all of these board members had received emails, phone calls, and now they're just tired. Now they're just dejected masses. 
<laughs> but we we luckily had uh, some school board members that were already uh, sympathetic to the cause. Mm-hmm. That sympathetic to the cause. I, I love the, the, yeah. <laughs> the terminology you're using. And uh, we got basically everything we wanted. Yeah. So. I, I didn't talk, but you were in the chat and you were telling people what I was saying when I was walking around the house. And they're like, yes. Josh, I'm going to go make popcorn. Jo- Josh, should go, go ask a question. Because my question was simple. It's like, every one of you that's on the board has aspirations to become a council member. Or, or more. Or more. Yeah. I am never going to forget your name. If mm-hmm. my kid gets sick or any kid gets sick, I'm going to follow you wherever you go, and I'm going to ca- actively campaign against you. <laughs> Your job right now is to protect children, whatever that is. And also, I bought my house here. And if you kick me out of the school that I can walk to with my children, I am never going to let you get elected in anything. This is where it ends. Yeah. <laughs> So, and so that did, uh, I didn't go forward with that particular uh, avenue of attack, but um, so, that, that could have been uh, So like, when he said that, I was like, okay, you, you know what? You don't talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because actually some of those board members are my friends. I'm going to make signs and I'm going to put them in front of your signs. <laughs> <laughs> or it's going to be a funny meme sign that purposely goes next to your sign that I'm going to design specifically to make fun of your sign. <laughs> it's going to sit right next to it. So all of these parents are like, yes, let him speak. I'll go let get the popcorn, speak. make him speak. He needs to call in right now. It's 1130. <laughs> that would have been ridiculous. Because I have done that like a couple of that times. That is like, scorched earth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have a very like black or white. Because I have no desires to be in public office. I don't want to do that. Red tape. Same. And, me too. And dealing Never. with community stuff drives me insane. De- dealing dealing with a community or council and like coordinating people drives me bonkers. It makes me insane. I would never want. So I'm like, I'm. I'm kind of like the Joker for a lot of this stuff because I, I just want to watch that thing. Yeah, that's you know what? No, you have actively campaigned against taxes. Yeah, because you, you believe that is th- yeah, that seems like is, something the Joker would do. Ta- taxation is theft, and you will campaign against it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we we have successfully stopped taxes from being raised in our city multiple yeah, times. Yeah. And then I think you stopped getting involved the moment that I campaigned for a tax. Was it, like, was, oh. <laughs> it was like we're no world longer was upside down at that point. <laughs> we're no longer partners in crime because I wanted a school bond. But, but what's hilarious about the bond initiative that you got put forward is that it's biting us because of COVID now. What do you mean? Well, they're using it as like a playing card. No, they're not. In the arguments. Well, th- they would refuse to admit that they had that money that they could spend. Oh, they can't use the facilities funds on operations. There is $50 million in COVID But those funds. facilities funds could have been used for COVID things. They should not have used them for COVID things when they have $50 million from all of the oh, various... Okay, fair, okay. Anyway, ham radio crash course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming out. I was going to talk about my week, but here's my week in a nutshell. We started recording this podcast right after I finished the after show for Ham Nation. And I've got to go to work in the morning and then wrap up the podcast, finish packing, and get on a plane Friday morning, which I will then be somewhere like flying or in an airport until 7 p.m. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Central time. So that's going to be my day. That's my week so far. Uh, my pack is extremely light. Sure it I've is. I've lightened it. 
I've sure. gotten. I'm not sure. bringing ham radio. I'm, I'm bringing a radio, which is my smallest radio. One of my smallest radios. A Baofeng? No, a Yesu. That's smaller than the, the VX3. Yeah, the VX3 wow. is a pretty sweet radio. Can't buy them anymore. I had to buy mine used. It was a whole thing. I had to go through that on eBay to get to it, but I got it. It was one of those. Um, everybody has like a unicorn. You know what a unicorn? Anything like if you if you want yeah, something it's really the bad, rarest of things. That it doesn't you... have to necessarily be the rarest. It just has to be that thing you really really want. No, a unicorn is something rare that you desperately want, but one of the reasons you cannot get it is because of its rarity or price. I mean that okay sure. So I have I have a couple of unicorn radios. One of them is that uh, shortwave one hundred, the Sony that's like super super tiny and foldable. It is. A foldable radio? Yeah, it folds. It's stupid. I have like I have one. I have one, but it's basically a parts radio. It doesn't function. So I was going to buy another parts radio and see if I could cobble Frankenstein sure. them together uh -huh. and make a whole radio. Right. So that's on a list of things to do. Make it part ninety seven compliant. No, no, it's a, it's a it's a receiver. It's oh, just a receiver. It's okay. a shortwave listener. So that's a that's a shortwave unicorn radio. Okay. Fantastic radio. It's the SW100 something something Sony. If you just did Sony SW100. So what it. you're telling me is instead of buying one working radio, you're deciding to buy two broken radios <laughs> to get to one working radio. I took a gamble um, <laughs> that like when these radios show up broken, it's because there was a, a, a design flaw in the hinge for the folding screen. Okay. And you could buy a, a repair kit. So I actually bought a repair kit for it for the first one for the first and one. it didn't fix it and it didn't fix it it didn't yeah. fix it so uh, because now it had you other are problems. at two radios and a hinge kit yeah okay yeah <laughs> all right yeah i'm just trying to so I, tally I just, this in my head <laughs> and i don't want to tell you how much they cost they're yeah we don't want to talk about that we don't everybody on discord discord uh, podcast chat can maybe mention it to you uh, maybe uh, I did buy it from Universal Radio before they went out of business, so I got it much cheaper than what they go for because it's it was basically parts. Oh, I can just check the credit card statements. It's no big oh, deal. this goes way back. This is like years ago. It's fine. Have fun with that. I've got all the records. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so with that said, we'd like to kick off the podcast. <laughs> Fifteen minutes in now, on the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. So here's the Ham Radio Minute. Pack enough. For ham radio pack enough but a bit extra for fun but don't go overboard this is a delicate zen mastery of ham radio a konmari it, no it's not konmari because i don't think it's the the least common denominator oh. it is like the least common denominator plus a bit more so you know i'm always an advocate i always say like when i'm doing an activation i bring along a small cook kit to make coffee or I'll bring along a super lightweight chair so that I'm comfortable. Or I'll bring a, a second antenna that I want to try out. And I'm making a video for. A lot of times I can justify this, a lot of this stuff because I'm I'm making YouTube videos or whatnot. But I have found that that little extra touch makes these portable activations or having a go bag or whatever like really good. They call them sanity items like a deck of cards or... You know, stuff like that. I know deck of cards is not really a thing with ham radio. It doesn't really, if you're by yourself. Okay. Solitaire is like a thing you can do on your phone. But like the the chair for me or the coffee maker. A, yeah, a chair. A chair. A comfort item. It is a comfort <laughs> item. It's a sanity item. Not for not for Adam. No. <laughs> no, we already covered that. He builds Adirondack chairs yeah. like in the field. <laughs> 
while he's building an antenna. I think he said that he actually does bring something to sit, but yeah. sometimes he doesn't even bother using it. <laughs> he just cult- he, he just piles up rocks. I built a I built a lounge out of rocks that I would love. Why doesn't to somebody just make a chair that you can sit on that is also a radio or an antenna? You know what I mean? Because it's not big enough for HF. But I mean, now that we've mentioned bigger it, chair. <laughs> Adam's going to go make one right now. I, I do want to point out that Adam built a beam on a summit, a directional HF antenna on a summit. It was huge. From trees? No, like he he brought all the parts, but it was this like woven wire um, directional antenna that he built up. It was absolutely insane. Yeah, again, K6ARK, go um, Google him. Search him on YouTube and go watch his videos. They're amazing. So that, I mean, the Hammer New Minute here is a little wishy-washy. I appreciate that. It, it's really just thinking about, like, if you've got a good kit laid down, add something a bit more to it. So, like, if you don't, maybe you don't go out with an HT. Or maybe you do have an HT, but you don't really try APRS. Tr- try to always, like, add a little bit of spice to the to the mix. Just bring some Tapatio, you just, know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's your comfort item now what's the uh tahine always oh, a little tahine oh you know what i thought i was growing habaneros but i'm actually growing carolina reapers yeah you Bring walked in carolina reaper <laughs> leia walked in she's like would you like to try a jalapeno and she handles me i this... didn't say jalapeno i said habanero habanero she hands me this like like wrinkled up red nipple of a <laughs> hot pepper and and you're like oh it's a habanero i'm like this is not a habanero at all <laughs> habaneros are small but they have a full body to them they don't have like a wrinkled section at the bottom that looks like the devil's toenail that's not true literally go look up a picture of a habanero they're <laughs> pointy. pretty and they're, pointy orange. they're the not pointed at the bottom oh my gosh yes, a habanero they... okay you know what Okay. I'm going to fact check you on the spot. They're that not, is a pointy... That's just because you're looking at it from one angle. If you turned it, it'd be rounded. It, it does collapse a bit at the tail, but it's not like a point, like a <laughs> Carolina freaking Reaper, where the last like half a quarter of an inch of it, like all funnels into like a single singular point. <laughs> she hands me that thing <laughs> off the vine. She's like, hey, here you go. And I did. I had a bite of it. And it's like really freaking hot. <laughs> And I was like, hey, this harkens back to when I had the one chip challenge with Salty. And I'm like, hey, this tastes just like that. What's that all about? Oh, no, this is a habanero. By the way, for anybody that... <laughs> habanero, there's like probably two dozen plus peppers in between a habanero and a Carolina Reaper. They're way spicy. Way, way spicy. Okay, anyway, hard cut to let's get the podcast back online. (laughs) Let's have a drink today with us. Leia, what are we drinking? Margaritas. Margaritas. We are using a Trader Joe's margarita mixer. It's not as good as uh, Mr. and Mrs. T's. Uh, I would agree. Mr. and Mrs. T's is actually pretty good. Yeah. Their uh, Bloody Mary mixer is actually Mm. still pretty, pretty good. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. are better there are better Bloody Mary mixers out there now, but for a long time they were kind of like the mainstay. But if you have a Bloody Mary, you need to have pickled green beans in it. Spicy pickled green yes, beans. Spicy and I would also argue a touch of horseradish. Mm. That is always one of my favorite inserts to a Bloody Mary is a bit of horseradish. All right. So right on. 
Join the conversation by leaving a review on iTunes for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. We would really appreciate it. But also, wherever you podcast, if you leave a review, we really do appreciate it. Leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and future hams, and we appreciate it. So we have three. And I have to say, wow, these are fantastic reviews over on the iTunes. Thank you for leaving reviews. Thank you. We, we had really a, do appreciate. We had a dry streak for a little bit there. We had and a then... one week dry streak. Yeah, we've had a couple. A... We've had a couple. But yeah. again, I appreciate that, like YouTube or iTunes is kind of a pain to leave a review on. So we really do appreciate that you guys take the extra effort. So this is from K Seven T Y L Tile Guy. Nice. I love tiles. And he says, "Welcome guests." That's the title of the review. Okay. <laughs> Josh and Leia are often part of the conversation between my wife and I during the day. Aww. We love the input they bring to the subjects that we often discuss. Emergency preparedness, candy, kids, emergency communications, being good neighbors, and, of course, radios, among many other things. <laughs> Hats off to both of you for doing a lot of heavy lifting in doing the podcast, videos, live stream, events, and trade shows. Wow, thank you. I'll take credit those for all of those. Those are my arms around that heavy lifting in particular. <laughs> <laughs> the conversation starters and insights are awesome. Thank you from K7TYL and KJ7NKC. Yay, ham radio couple. Ham radio power couple. That's what we need more of. Appreciate yep. that. Thank you for the review. Thank you. This is from Scott Wright, MD. Ooh, superb a doctor. That's right. Superb <laughs> podcast. The show is informed doctor in podcasting. Ooh. <laughs> the show is informative, fun, and full of humor. Leia and Josh have wonderful banter as easygoing exchange and build teaching points off of one another's comments. It is enjoyable for the new ham radio enthusiast as well as a longtime hobbyist like me. Thank you, Scott Wright. Well, Appreciate thank that. you, Dr. Wright. Doctor, oh, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> doctor Wright sounds good. It's yeah. close to Doctor Light, which is one of my favorite mm-hmm. Nintendo-based uh, series. Do you sure. know what that is from? No, Mega Man. I don't think I've ever played that. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Seriously, you've never played Mega Man in any gonna, form. You're not going to make me either, because all that will happen is we're going to get over to a console, and I'll be like, "Look, Animal Crossing." <laughs> I got a decorative Mega Man in my house. <laughs> As an homage to you liking Mega Man. This is from KC7FMM, Contemporary Ham Radio. Mm. The title. Josh and Leah bring a fresh take on ham radio with both humor and quality technical knowledge. You hear that? He well, said quality you. technical knowledge. Thank you. I do As, what I can. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You do. As I have recently re-engaged with the hobby, the podcast has been a welcome resource to modern day ham radio. That's so nice. That is very, all these, these are just insanely good. Thank you. Crazy. Very, very good. So thank you for the reviews. Again, yeah, I I appreciate iTunes. It's kind of a pain. But when you go out there, we we read them on the the podcast here. And thank you for doing that. So, Leia, with that said, and by the way, before we get into what is your favorite thing, we are looking for two drops, audio drops. We are looking for audio drops in what's your favorite thing this week. Okay. And... Leia's preparedness corner because oh, we don't right. have drops for either one of those. Oh, so it's true. Throwing this out there, anybody wants to give us a drop, make sure you tag 
hoshnasi at gmail.com as well as leah at hamtactical.com and you can leave drop somewhere in the subject line and then that will eventually get to me and then he will search in his gmail for the phrase drops (laughs) don't don't tell them how the magic works (laughs) okay so leah what have you been using this week what's your favorite thing this week there's one thing that really stands out this week because one thing we celebrated my brother's birthday mm-hmm. and my favorite cake to get for people in my family for their birthday I'm is arguably the best ice cream oh, you're, cake. You're just trying to piss okay. me off. There is uh, no cake better oh my God. that is made of ice cream. And that is the Carvel ice cream cake. It's got that perfect frosting. It's got white ice cream. It's got chocolate ice cream and not too much cake. Just cake crumbles. You know, it's perfect. It's just ice cream with frosting on it. It's an ice cream cake. It's formed into a cake and it's got cake crumbles in the middle. Okay, so there's a bit frozen of background here. Frozen cake is not delicious. There's a bit okay? of background here. No. It's not frozen. You're being... Frozen cake you're is being not delicious. You're being disingenuous. Frozen cake is not delicious it's unless not it's frozen. made of ice cream. It's not frozen. Okay. <laughs> bit of background. Uh, one of my first... My first job, actually. My first other person paying me having a check, taxes, that whole thing, was Baskin Robbins. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it was a great job, but... I think that Baskin-Robbins cakes are ice cream cakes, specifically. We're talking ice cream cakes. Far superior than Carvel. Half of the cake is made of frozen cake. That is not true. It is maybe a third. That's still too much. Uh, It's an ice cream cake. People do. You need the ice cream to melt a little bit into the cake. And it gives you a, because it's a sponge cake. It's based on a sponge cake. It's a bit of a flavor bomb. A textural experience with a come on this you is had the most one. ludicrous thing oh, it's not it's it, it's so frustrating every time and, and leia's family <laughs> their whole family loves it are just insane Lo- for carvel cakes it. my sister has sometimes just brought over a carvel cake for no reason and then they like to just jab at me about <laughs> how much better carvel cakes are and i'm like we don't even Why? have Fudgy the Whale, okay? We're just having a straight-up Carvel white and blue icing cake. So I, I do admit that baskin Robbins at one time had a pralines and cream on white sponge cake that you could get. And that was by far the best cake. Oh, you, you can could. custom order that. But you, you can custom order it, but that used to be just like a turnkey thing. You could walk into a store, grab the cake, and walk out from the cold box. At Listen, I've bought you the one that I cake. At. I've had some. I ate it, and I thought... Why didn't they thaw this ice, this cake underneath the ice cream? Not delicious. You, you're supposed to pull it out before you serve it. Yeah. It's supposed to melt a bit. We did have it that way. It, it's fantastic. <laughs> this is actually, I don't want everyone to give me your thoughts on ice cream cake, <laughs> but this is actually a funny topic. You know me. what? You can. <laughs> if you are a Carvel ice cream cake fan. Feel free to You know what's going to happen is we're going to get like a Leia ton of people who are just like Blue Bunny, Blue Bunny cakes all the way. Blue Bunny makes cakes? I think so. I don't think I've even or had... Or Blue Ribbon, Blue blue Bonnet, something something I, blue. I don't think I've ever had whatever that blue famous ice cream is because I don't think we have it out here. I think it's Blue Bunny. Isn't it Blue Bunny? Maybe. All right. What are you so using So that was Leia's, that was what she was using this yeah, week. Yeah, that's what I use this week. <laughs> um, that cake is tiny as hell. And then you serve it and you have always half a cake left. 
Yes. <laughs> and so it's been in the freezer, shoved into the ice mechanical thing, overloaded the ice mechanical thing. And I'm like, get this cake out of here. Get this subpar <laughs> ice cream cake out of here. I need ice. What is wrong with you? It is a delightful cake. <laughs> it is. Not. What? It's just ice cream with frosting you on it. You know what gets me about this? If I even left trash ice cream in the freezer, you would eat it. You would happily eat it. No, like, I don't. If, I don't. If I, I do not. I do not. Trash ice cream in You've the freezer. You've done that. It's been you sitting will there. Eventually, if it has chocolate in it, even no. if it's trash ice cream, it will be gone. You will no, not at chocolate. At some point at night, go in. Nope. And you not will. me. I don't know who okay. this is. Yeah. That's, I don't know who this person you. is you're talking it's about. You. Those double like chocolatey things you like, not my thing. Not my jam. Not it's sure, not. sure. It's got to have like caramel and a chocolate vanilla swirly type thing. Maybe salted, salted caramel. I don't know. Do you want me to put salt on the caramel ice cream cake? <laughs> That'll make it work. You already for you. got enough salt right now. <laughs> it's coming out of your mouth. You're the one who's salty about the cake. I'm not. I'm just saying it is a superior cake. Carvel is a superior cake. No, Correct. no. Baskin Robbins, come on. <sighs> So those are some super hot takes on ice cream cakes that you probably didn't expect. What are you using this week that is subpar to Carmel ice cream cake? So the thing I'm using, and this is totally just me making videos and, and doing the newsletter and all the things I do, it's the um, Apple MacBook Pro M1. I haven't mentioned that really on the podcast, really. So I've been an Apple guy for a long time. Uh, let me be really clear. All my ham radio computers are Windows 10. And obviously Raspberry Pis, all that stuff. Um, totally on board with that for connecting to a radio. But all the creatory stuff I do, the video editing, um, if I'm doing the newsletter for Patreon, by the way, shout out to the Patreon if you want to support the uh, the podcast. Go check us out. Link it in the, in the podcast notes. All of that is done on my Mac. So when I started, <laughs> when I started getting seriouser about youtube that was back in like 2011 and we, more serious more ser more seriouser more no. serious <laughs> yeah sure uh, we bought that imac uh, like a 27 inch imac and i limped that thing along i took it apart i redid thermal paste <laughs> I, I baked the video card three times i literally put the video card in the oven and baked it um, it was very confusing for me so we we got to 2020 or 2021 i don't remember when they dropped it and uh, apple came out with an arm-based processor this thing is stupid fast now the software that i run is all it all has to be native for the processor architecture which it is because i i edit in final cut pro um audacity runs fine it doesn't matter it is insane how fast this laptop is for the price because I remember when I bought a MacBook Pro, like in the early 2000s or something like that, and it was over like two grand or something like that. This thing is like 1200 bucks, and it's faster than any laptop I've ever owned, period. That's actually, <laughs> that's actually pretty inexpensive for an Apple laptop. Yeah, it is. I, I appreciate not everybody's going to get this <laughs> whole thing of you know what I'm particularly using, uh, but I just want to throw out there that, again, I am... I use all the operating systems. Every day I use multiple different operating systems, including Linux, and when I come home, that's what I use. You use, <laughs> you use Linux every day? Yeah, Red Hat. Huh. Remember, I go to work. 
I have a gerb. I also have a gerb, but I don't use Linux every day. <laughs> you don't develop software. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm pretty sure I got a pretty good idea of. This is true. Well, this is an adversarial podcast. <laughs> I'm glad we, we clicked uh, record and chose violence with this one. <laughs> you came for the Carvel cake. <laughs> that was it. Leia's bringing the teeth out. Okay, so we're going to get off of the what we're using this week. Leia, what's going on with the preparedness corner? Oh. Let me tell you how to make a Carvel cake. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare for birthdays. Bye. <laughs> Have a have a um, chest freezer, fill them with Carvel cakes, <laughs> and then if something cuts out your power, you eat them all for sustenance. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> I'm kidding. I recommend this week making your own beef jerky. This is actually something that is so easy to do. Okay. Right. You don't need any special equipment other than an oven. Okay. Well, it depends on how low the oven gets, right? I mean, most ovens get low enough to do beef jerky. How low? Uh, 165. 165, okay. And I'm I'm just going to give you just very easy tips, okay? Mm -hmm. You marinate it. Well. uh, Lean cut of meat. Okay. Straight off the bat. Wait, what kind of meat, though? You can use top round, flank steak. Do you use skirt steak for beef jerky? It just needs to be lean. And thin, right? Well, you can cut it then, but you have to really get rid of a lot of the meat and then you can slice it into strips or however you like your jerky. I have seen jerky recipes where they just straight grind it so that it's a uniform texture throughout. Uh, I don't really like that. Would you more call that a pemmican than a, uh, than a jerky? Doesn't pemmican require lard? Generally. Right, but jerky is kind of devoid of all that. That's why it's always advertised as 99% fat-free or something. But jerky is usually like a sheet of, of meat. Like the, the, the muscle fibers are intact. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Don't you need to like slice that thin though? You have to that? slice it really thin. It needs to be a, a between an eighth of an inch to a quarter of an inch. How do you do that generally at home? You freeze it. Okay. You freeze the cut of meat and then it's much easier to slice then interesting okay that's the hot tip for slicing any meat do you need a deli slicer no okay yeah <laughs> you're so excited about deli slicers we just got it sitting in the garage and we haven't used it in years so i don't know i'm just thinking that's for when i make roast beef mm. and then i slice it very thin go. for sandwiches there so. you go i haven't made roast beef in so long. <laughs> And it's so sad, too, because that's actually one of your dad's favorite dishes. It's his favorite thing. And I haven't made it in years for him. It's, well, we haven't seen him in almost sure. two years now. Well, well no, we've we do, seen him, but not but like, you know, regularly. He would not. like come down here and live for a week or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so you marinate it and there's lots of different ways to do it. But you can always there's very basic things. Water. You can use vinegar, salt, pepper. Water, you say. Yeah, because you have to marinate the meat. Mm-hmm. What about Worcestershire? Sure, whatever whatever flavors you like. Well, what would you recommend? What 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 are the uh, hot tips for? Lamb? I mean, something that's probably pretty easy is just marinating in teriyaki. If you like, mm. if you want something that's pre-made and you know how to fuss around, you can do a teriyaki marinade. But it needs to have 
less sugar than a typical teriyaki marinade. So soy sauce would be okay. That's something with the salt, right? Because you need to brine it a bit, I guess, break down some of the exactly cell walls. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then you dehydrate it in. If you have a dehydrator, good on you. Mm-hmm. Use the, the smell up the whole house. Yeah. If not, you can do uh, 165 in your oven. You actually, you want to probably spray the wires on your oven rack a little bit. So. Oh, you're just going to go you like go raw on, on the, the rack? Wire. Yeah, on the wire. Maybe cat, like put a drip tray down or something? Yes. Okay. A drip tray to catch any marinade. And then it should take... Put your pizza stone down there. <laughs> You know, some people say that it, it only takes about an hour. No way. It actually takes probably three hours. I, even then. Really? Three? Mm-hmm. At 165? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Is this a convection oven or just a regular oven? I mean, if you have convection, that's probably better because it'll remove more fluid. It's going to move the air, right? <clears throat> yeah. And then uh, you can then go ahead and throw it in something airtight. If you have a a food saver, you can vacuum seal it with go. a um, with a desiccant pack to keep it dry. How long does that last for? With the desiccant, that's got to help. I mean, a lot. in 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 our house, like not long at all, <laughs> because you eat jerky, Ben eats ben. jerky, Edison Ben is the jerky. jerky. Like that kid is jerky crazy. He ate ghost pepper jerky. That's how much he lo- just loved the texture of it. And he's like, this is this is really spicy. <laughs> yeah, this is so spicy. He was spicy, like washing his mouth out while he was eating it. He wouldn't stop eating it. It was ghost pepper, which <laughs> for me was even hot. I was like eating it. I'm like, well, this is, this is like really good jerky. Yeah. Really spicy. And I gave him a piece and he was like, he's like, it tastes really good, but it's so hot. <laughs> and I'm like, I know it's all we have. He's like, his face is turning red. Can I have some more? <laughs> it was, it was pretty interesting. And th- then he wouldn't go to bed because he wanted more jerky. <laughs> I'm like, Ben, you got to brush your teeth. He's like, I'm eating jerky right now. I'm like, yes, I get that. Can you please stop eating the jerky and go brush your teeth and go like, to bed? Lava. <laughs> lava. <laughs> what is that from? Uh, somebody was, it's a comedian who talks about eating, is it Dat Fan? It's Dat it's Fan. It's Dat Fan. Yeah. yeah. Where he talks about how, uh, Vietnamese will eat, <laughs> like just. <laughs> They'll eat a chili pepper. Yeah. Like a raw chili pepper <laughs> on the side of the dish. I do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. It. I know. <laughs> Your whole why, family does. That's why I grow chili pepper. I do it occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. I like to chop it up and put in like a sauce or. Thai chili in particular is the chili of choice, mm. by the way. You guys will even go so far as to put them in the freezer. Mm-hmm. So then you pull it out and it's a frozen chili pepper. Oh, it's because chili peppers produce so many chilies and then they, they're they not all season. Right. Yeah. So but you have to store them. So you go to the Asian market and you get like a flat pack. It's basically what you get like a ribeye, right? Like the little foam tray. <laughs> and it's just crammed full of these chili peppers. And we'll just throw it in the freezer and cut a little hole and we'll just pull the chili peppers out. Yes. <laughs> I'll mix it up in food and stuff. Or if I'm doing like a, a barbecue sauce or a marinade, Thai chilies are really good because they're, um, it's basically one Thai chili to make it just spicy. white people enough. spicy, yeah. I would argue, like mm-hmm. white people spicy. But if you, you can just keep adding more Thai chilies to it, whatever you're doing, like curries or whatever, and it just amps it up. 
it's kind of silly for me to bring up this point mm-hmm. because I'm fairly certain there are a ton of hands out there that make their own jerky. And now, oh, yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> and now they're like, that's a terrible jerky recipe. Let me give you mine. Mm-hmm. And that is my point. Give me your jerky recipes. I want them. So Leia at hamtactical.com is the email address. For feedback on the show, your ham radio questions, and also your merch ideas. And if we like your merch ideas, we might make it. And if we make it, we'll give you one for free. Yep. So with that said, are we going into the... Is it the time? It's time. (laughs) What's happening? The staircase has changed, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Welcome to Leia's email correspondence tower. We did a much shorter drop for this. No, that's great. <laughs> that's, it's, it's too Tidying long. Tidying it up. <laughs> it's... All right. Tidying up for 2022. We'll get there. <laughs> this first email. That's me just like, I'll, I'll take the clip and just cut all like the dead air spaces out of it. So it's just like this nonstop. <laughs> This next, the next, this first email mm, is yes. uh, from Old Iron, and it's titled "Just Curious." Mm. Hi to you both, Leia. It seems as though you found an interest in ham radio through immersion. Now that you've I like arrived, to call it a marinade, <laughs> then a straight dehydration. And I set the oven to one sixty-five, and now that you've arrived, a pack of desiccant in a bag, vacuum sealed her. Are you calling me dry and wrinkled? <laughs> Is that what? I didn't, wrinkled? <laughs> when did we say anything about wrinkled? Jerky's wrinkly. It's the muscle fibers. It's not wrinkled. So are wrinkles. There's no skin in jerky. All right. This is very contentious today. <laughs> I know. We're really in a whole thing right now. I just spent so much of the last week fighting. Yeah, Leia, I am not a politician. You can just <laughs> dial it back, calm it down. I was the one who was doing the salty earth uh, practice. Uh, I was going for the nuclear option. So salty. <laughs> now that you've arrived, I'm curious. Do you key up? I have. I have on repeaters, but I haven't mm-hmm. tried to do anything beyond that yet. Well, you did HF with me, but that was before you had the lights. Yeah. yeah. And that's probably the next thing we'll do is something. So, I mean, technically on a future whenever the heck that's going to happen when we go on a trip i mean we got the boys birthdays coming up and all that if you go on a trip and i set up a radio then you could technically be on the live stream or whatever and you can do the you can make a couple contacts and then book out yeah i could do that you could you could do that (laughs) your primary interest sounded like it stemmed from the emergency part of your preparedness Mm. that is true it stemmed from that and being married to josh (laughs) yes No question, my interest stemmed from emergency concerns. As I've stated in the past, I don't key up. Mike Fright to blame? Maybe initially, but not now. I joined a club, listened to Nets all the time. The first thing I do when I get in my Jeep is turn on my mobile. I just never call out. I plan on starting the uh, EC001ARRL radio course emergency radio course soon it was recommended to me by my cert director 
without question, ham radio is in the forefront of my mind. Mm -hmm. I watch lots of YouTube how-tos and what new radios are available. And of course, I can't wait for the next episode of your podcast to come out. Thank you. Thanks. I even made an excuse to cover my lack of reach out. Millions of people watch sports and probably know how to play, but rarely play. I mean, I guess that's that's true. Sure. Maybe not at a professional level, but sure. I hope my email does not give the Mike Fright crowd an excuse not to use the radio, but maybe some preppers will be encouraged to get a license and maybe key up once in a while. I have and no doubt will again. Well, it, it doesn't sound like you have Mike Fright. I, I think so. This is kind of the thing. Mm hmm. I find listening to ham radio actually very interesting. I do too. And I, in fact, I, I was going to comment on that, that I often find myself in a situation where I'll just listen to people talk. Yeah. And I, I don't key the radio. I would say more often, and maybe maybe I don't say this enough on the videos, but you should listen way more than you ever talk. And, and let me be really specific. If you're going out to do a poda, then yeah, you're going to be talking your head off. You're, you're, you got to make those contacts. Mm -hmm. But if you're just in your car or you're at home, turn the radio on. Let it play in the background. Just listen. Just have fun with it. That's what I do most of the time, I would argue. I, I find that um, to be the most compelling part of ham radio a lot of time is just to listen. Sure. I, I think, yeah. So I'm, I'm not, um, I, I don't disagree with your your point or where you're at at all. But you do also want to have your license so that if there is a conversation mm -hmm. that you find interesting that you might want to hop in on. And I don't know if this is me being a woman in ham radio, but I almost never feel if I key up that my input would not be welcome. Sure. You know, mm -hmm. so Listening to ham radio is one thing, but I and I listened to ham radio before I got licensed, mm -hmm. but I feel differently about it now. Like I could join in, mm -hmm. and that's kind of freeing. Yeah, I think there there are people out there that that say like if you're not actively talking, like there may be some kind of feeling that you're not a real ham. I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that don't at think, all. I don't. I, I, I don't either. think anybody should ever feel like that. Right. There are people that they key up rarely and all they do is build radios. They build the thing that they could technically talk on and then they don't talk on it after they build yeah, it. Yeah, there's so many facets. Yeah, so there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you enjoy, then that's it. And there's don't you don't have to you don't have to justify yourself to anybody. I guess that's the, the that's first true. thing that we should say is that have fun with what you're doing. If you like listening, then keep listening. I would argue splash in some simplex. Listen to simplex. I find myself responding to people on simplex more than on repeaters than anything. Is it because it feels more personal? It does in the sense that like with a repeater, when you hop onto a repeater for the first time, you're hopping into all the culture of that repeater. All the, the normal people that talk on that repeater, all the people that have been going to that repeater for years. A repeater is kind of like a club, too. It's kind of like if you're an out-of-towner and you go to a local bar <clears throat> and you roll in the door. Yeah. Are you going to go up to every local and start chatting them up? No. 
you wouldn't do that. You just quietly I sit do. yourself. You, well, yeah, and then you start buying them shots. And then yeah, I was back. just gonna say round of shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but most people wouldn't do that. They would probably just grab a beer and enjoy the ambiance, and you know maybe strike up a conversation with one or two people, and then that's that's the evening. That's it. Like mm-hmm. you know you're good. A repeater is no different from that. It really isn't. It's just a like hey. Um, here I am just saying hi, whatever. And, you know, you do that enough times and you kind of become regular, kind of, sort of regular, and then you can mm-hmm. talk more. It, it's seriously like very clickish in some cases with repeaters, but simplex is different. Simplex is literally like, it's it's all on the frequency. We're um, semi-local adjacent, maybe, if you can make a contact with somebody. And they're just kind of like, hey, who do I hear? I'm out here. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And and that's a lot of fun. That That's in, in a lot of cases for the people who are like, I don't really get the whole repeater thing or I don't really want to get in. So you might like Simplex and a lot. And that's a real loggable contact, too. It's a real loggable <laughs> yeah. contact. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Good email. That's And oh, that's a not, good it's philosophical. Oh, man. All the iron continues. I hope my email. Oh. Uh, A quick side note, I was fortunate enough to be a part of a team that replaced an antenna on a water tower. Wow, that's really high up. I was on, I was the on the ground radio person for the climber who replaced the antenna. I had the opportunity to see a repeater up close. I must say that was very cool. Yeah. What does a repeater look like? Um, it looks like a one use server or multiple use server. And then there's all these cans. They look like uh, pony kegs, but there's usually a like pony a kegged server. Well, like if an IT team decided that they were going to have a Friday night party at the office, we call them cans or cavities. They're the, um, they're the ability for us to transmit and receive in close adjacent frequency. You have to have the filtering. That's not really filtering, but anyway. Yeah. All right. Old Iron says, back to prepping. Yes. You both have a very realistic, sensible approach to being prepared. From a listening perspective, it sounds like you have found a middle ground. Not all out apocalypse prepping, but reasonable amount of prepping for the most common types of routine life altering events. Being able to help ourselves gives us the ability to help others. Right. Spot on. Yeah. And... By the way, just because you're sensible with prepping, that doesn't mean you aren't also prepping for some kind of apocalyptic situation. Yes. Again, I, it's it's simple. The human being runs on food and water and other things. Yeah. If you put those things away in a very simplistic manner and budget it out and, and handle it appropriately, then it's not that different than if it's apocalyptic, you know, I, I, I think. Well, I think if you're prepping for an apocalypse, it's much more items. Well, no, it's more specific to like what you think you're going to be faced with. Right. Like if you're sitting outside Mount St. Helens, then, you know, we, you know, aside from kissing your butt goodbye, um, <laughs> you know, you, you'd be more That involves with that. a bug out car that can outrun lava. Lava. <laughs> That's right. I got my bush plane. I think Old Iron brings up a good point, though. Um not only is it about helping others, right? The For me, I really hate the idea of being a burden, right? So in an emergency situation, I think that's also compounded because resources become scarce. Well, it's, it's not that I don't want to be a burden. It's that I don't trust that I would get a fair shake or I don't necessarily want to be in the masses mm-hmm. requesting a fair shake sure. of limited resources. Fair. 
I don't want to be in the lottery game when people are like, oh, we got to feed the kids first. Of course, you got to feed the kids first. Yeah. Right. So, of course. So, so I'd say, yeah, of course, you got to feed them first. I'm going to be like further down the list. So if you're further down the list, then prepare for yourself a bit, sure. offset the burden and potentially even help out your neighbors. Absolutely. Old Iron wraps up. As long as you both keep sharing, I will keep listening and learning. Thank you so much for your long hours of work. Well, thank you. And this that's is just from, us hanging out, man. We're all just hanging out. <laughs> that's from KC1 blank, blank, blank. Because, sorry, just not comfortable giving my call sign no P.O. box yet. Old Iron, I think I've found the source of your mic fright. <laughs> <laughs> you don't actually want to provide your call sign, which is fine. I'm, I'm more than happy to No, he probably uh, does locally. It's probably fine. Uh, but, yeah, and, and I don't have a problem with the P.O. box. I do a P.O. box. Yeah, that's, most people should it's do a, a good idea. Yeah. Uh, but maybe you have a little bit of privacy concerns about keying up over the air. A and lot of people your, do. There's nothing wrong with that. And so for those of you who have that concern, get your P.O. box. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. The next email is titled Gratitude and a question in the form of an expansive email that dives into <laughs> some tangled wires. Uh-oh, here we go. And this is from Noah. A tangled wire we weave. Oh, and you know what, Old Iron, if I didn't thank you enough, thank you so much. Thank you, Old Iron. Good email. <laughs> Noah says, hi, Leia and Josh. First off, for the past week and a half, I can't stop saying, exclaiming really, in random moments throughout the day, F. Scott's fist. <laughs> <laughs> F. Scott Fitzgerald. F. Scott Fitzgerald. Seriously, F him. <laughs> what did he even do? Goodness gracious. Thank you for that. I also say that sometimes. When I am talking in front of the kid, I'm like, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Uh, the first time I heard that, uh, we didn't come up with that, by the way. That was like a stand-up com comedian yeah, gig. And sure. uh, my God, we were rolling on the floor laughing. It's like, what did he even do? Like, what? <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. Noah continues, I just finished up with the last episode of the podcast. Fantastic as always. Leia, your cast iron and running tips were spot on. If my life began each day like a suit-up screen in Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, my character would wield an 11-inch in diameter cast iron skillet. Okay. I hadn't heard about the actual mineral content being transferred to the user. Very cool. And as far as running a, a mile sub eight minutes for survival training, I couldn't agree more. Honestly, the whole prepper scene sometimes gets me down because of the inherent privileged price point of so many things. Yeah. Yes, we need tools and the knowledge and training to use them, but simply focusing on one's physical and mental health is just as important. Learning how to manage stress levels and maintain a level heart rate and breathing pattern might just help someone who is otherwise appreciably armed <laughs> and has all the top notch equipment from devouring their stockpile of skyline chili there you go though that does give me an idea for a post-apocalyptic eating contest event how long do you think skyline chili lasts in a can things in cans last i don't know a lifetime no the flavor will change sure and color will change but it's still completely editable it has meat edible. in it though huh i don't think that's true of doesn't meat matter. products no it doesn't matter really yeah it doesn't matter i think it, I, I think it would be 
really disgusting meat products. It might not time. taste good, right. but it's still safe to eat. So that's the All question. Right. The, the you, really your question is, can you eat this? Get sustenance. You're not going to love it, but you could still eat it. And All the right. answer is, if it's in a can, you're probably fine. If it if like you pick it up and it's not like squishy on the top, like it's swollen, mm-hmm. you're fine. All right. Now, my main question for you both, how does one go about making a contact net contact protocol specifically for CW, but any tips would be helpful? Build a website, post it to groups and discord. A few months ago during a live stream, I dropped an idea about creating haikus on the air. Mm-hmm. HOA. We will never belong to an HOA. <laughs> I don't care how you gussy it up. <laughs> It's something I've been thinking about for a while. In fact, it can be traced back to some rather grief-centered events and finding comfort in radio and CW through them. I've debated whether to write this portion of the email, but you know, if this long of an email is read on the podcast, it might help another ham. Hmm. Noah, I'm so sorry I said I would never belong to an HOA. Haikus on the air is a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) So the way to think about a net is it's just like-minded people coming together at a time and exchanging information. Mm -hmm. So it could just start with you and your friends or or someone else that you maybe meet on the Discord that wants to do the thing that you're doing. I think a contest is a little more complicated to organize. He said contest, net, or contact protocol. It's three different things. Oh, boy. Okay. I think a contest, so a contest is, a contest is usually a, a strict exchange of information. Mm-hmm. Doing a haiku, a haiku over CW sounds like it would be a complicated contest because you'd have to record both sides of the haiku, right, mm-hmm. uh, for, for logging capability. Right. And then the, um, the person that was running the contest would have to do some kind of verification that the haikus were the same, they were copied the same. That sounds like kind of a, a pain. But generally, contests have a strict exchange of information so that when you do a comparison of the logs or you match them, they're the same. The contacts mm-hmm. match. A net maybe would be better for um, like haikus on the air because then that's just a, you know, a loose meeting at a certain time mm-hmm. of like-minded people. And generally... If you do things long enough and more consistently, then you will get more people that want to be a part of it. That's kind of yeah. how nets work. Now you can you can complicate it by getting like netlogger involved and using applications. I would join a haikus on the air net. I on could, on Morse code. Does it have to be a net? Uh, well, he does said it have CW. to be CW? Does it have to be CW? Can we just? I mean, he said CW. Haikus. Can we have haiku net? I mean, I, I maybe I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like he's on the Discord, so maybe we could coordinate something like that. But it sounded like it started out yes, with, specifically uh, CW. for CW. Yeah, uh, and then the last one what was the last one. Uh, contact protocol. So contact. Okay. So contact protocol for Morse code specifically. If you're curious about that, I highly recommend you join the Long Island CW Club. Because they have a contact protocol. That contact protocol runs through a couple of nominal things like your name, where your QTH is, what your radio is, and what the weather is like, and then closing out the QSO. Some may find it odd 
if during a QSO you're like, and oh, by the way, here's the haiku I made today, <laughs> and they weren't <laughs> expecting it, that might be a little surprising. Um, so I, I don't know. That, that That's a bit... Um, you know, it's it's never come up in any of my contacts. Here's here's the hot the oh, hot you know haiku. What, Noah, it's time for you to start this trend. Yeah, I mean, it it really only takes one person to do something that you know catches on. I would argue that you probably want to start it out as like a loose and fun event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Haikus on the air is fine. I like it. Um, particularly being on Morse code, I think is interesting because it it. I like it less. <laughs> it, it, it requires a certain level of understanding to I go along with something. I guess you have that little that, device that I could use, though, right? That will type out my haiku in CW for me. No. The one that decodes the CW. I mean, no, I, I guess I do have a radio that you can type it out and uh-huh. we'll play it for you. Fantastic. Okay. I'm back in. Okay. Back in. All right. So, yeah, I mean, those, those are some of my thoughts. But obviously, the net is probably the way to go. Okay. But I would say you start out with a loose sked. Like just mm-hmm. try to do this on the air with a couple of people and see if they like doing it and they want to keep doing it. Noah continues, last summer, one of my closest friends passed away from the opioid oh, epidemic. I'm sorry. A situation. Wait, what epidemic? Opioid epidemic. Oh, no. A situation I imagine a number of listeners and at this point in our historical time can relate to. He, he his and my shared art, sometimes collaborative is was poetry it may seem like a bizarre stretch but every time i ride my bike out to a field or go to a park set up the 20 meter end fed antenna that i built and masked and try to make contact with distant operators on my mountain topper and using my grandfather's j38 i feel as if the art my friend and i shared is actively alive oh i like that that contact, creative, wibbly-wobbly, the stuff of metaphors and our planetary space in this universe is what really excites me about radio and why it is often such a comfort. I would argue that Morse code is like that. Yeah? Like it's a... Um, Gives you those feels. Yeah, it does. It, it Again, you know, when I ever say like, oh, the, the most romantic side of radio is, is Morse code. And that's not like sexy time romantic. It's like a, a picture that you paint for yourself of what a radio experience looks like. A lot of times... It's uh, fully immersive. For like, me, it, like is, it is Morse code that often comes into mind when mm. I think about it. It's definitely not FD8. I'm not thinking like, oh, you know, I'm going to gingerly place a wire on a tree and then open my laptop and then I listen to... <laughs> it's not FT8. It's, it's Morse code. Just listening it's, to a bunch of Furbies because, on FT8. Because if you think about it, like Morse code doesn't have a voice. It has character mm-hmm. of the individual that is hammering out the code, but it doesn't have a voice. And there's something to that, I think, for me anyway, that, that makes it, that, that, that sticks in my brain that way. You know what I mean? It, it's... It's wow, different. that is, you have romanticized that a bit, right? huh? Right, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think so. People give me hell about that. They're like, there's no romantic to do Morse code. It's like, well, you're not <laughs> you're not putting it in the right context then. If you're, you're overthinking it, I think. People sometimes overthink it's things. Got a, it's got a feel of nostalgia too, right? It, it, it has, it has a, a feeling of both being present and like timeless, mm. right? 
not nostalgic. I wouldn't know. It's timeless. I'm, I'm nodding and agreeing, but I mm, don't know. Yes. Yes. So you're, you know, like a proper art, uh, <laughs> a, an experiencer of art. I'm nodding like, yes, I understand about your ennui, but I don't really. <laughs> that just looks like splatters on a canvas that you painted. It's a little what uh, it does sound like audio splatter to me. That's true. Noah continues, but I admit, I'm not sure there are many hams who have their wire strippers next to a collection of poems by Cesar Vallejo or Gary Snyder. So, in fact, I, I am alone. Maybe I am alone in this idea to send short three line poems over the wire and log them into a book. Each ham would eventually have a crazy piece of art as well as home hone their CW skills. Well, th- so I think I think the way to think about this is you're already, I think, properly scoping expectations in the mm-hmm. sense that there may not be many people that be, might be down for this. But I would argue that a uh, uh, there is not a more <laughs> larger collection of eclectic and sometimes a little odd hams than our Discord. But there's nothing odd about poems. No, odd is not the right... Odd. I, I knew that when I was saying that, that was the wrong mm-hmm. word. Not odd, but like off the beaten path. Sure. Okay. They're doing their own thing. Non-conformist. Non-conformist. No, yes. but see, you know, just have to workshop it. <laughs> um, yeah, odd is not, is not, I don't think you're odd. But uh, again, yes, it is a smaller demographic that you're going to be targeting with haikus on the air. Yes. You've got me though, Noah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll work on Leia's. She, she's not even making contacts on a repeater, uh, but uh, we'll get her started on more scheduling now. <laughs> Noah continues, been really loving the show through these hot months. And Josh, when fall comes around and the leaves are starting doing their thing here in Vermont, you can bet for the hell and humor of it, I'll be bripping, briping. Oh, briping. What's briping? Oh, wow. That's a reference. Wow. That's a deep. Okay. So um, what's the, what's the coffee guy I really like on YouTube? I don't know. I can, I can, I have an I, image I of him. I, can in, I, can I just say coffee guy? Sure. Coffee guy. On uh, coffee He guy. looks like a barista. Coffee. If I say, yep, James Hoffman. If there I just go. search coffee guy on YouTube, James Hoffman. So James Hoffman, um, he made a video about something called a bripe. It looks like a pipe, but it's a, got a little cup. And you pour your coffee bean, your grounds in it, and then you pour hot water in it, and then you suck through the stem of the pipe. What? Yeah. Coffee? Mm-hmm. And then you just have to keep putting hot water in it to drink your I, coffee? I will literally, I'll, I'll literally, here, look, here. I am Can you see it? so confused. Can you see it? It's right there. It's like a pipe. It's literally a pipe. Oh. It's a little cup with a, with a stem on it. So. That is definitely unconventional it, it is unconventional and, and, and he titled it the most wonderfully absurd coffee brewer ever made and he literally goes out in the field and he's not doing ham radio he he, he might maybe. be able to make him a go ham. ahead maybe, why don't maybe. you why don't you reach out to coffee guy Co- coffee guy on youtube if he'll james bribe, hoffman a bribe almost at a million subscribers james hoffman and so i, I commented on this video the coffee device for those living in Middle Earth. <laughs> and it has 28 replies. And there's a bunch of people in there that's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I found you on this guy's channel. Well, then they obviously so don't listen to the podcast. 
He's apparently seen the briping video. No, it continues. Thank you again for all you do for our community. I'll be on my way down from Vermont to Virginia for the delayed memorial of my friend mentioned above on the 20th. I'm sorry. If this reaches you and you read it over the podcast, know that you'll once again be keeping me buoyant, humorous, and happy while driving my jalopy down the East Coast. 73, cheers, and da, dit, 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 da, dit. Well, by the time this podcast drops is that day. So I'm right. sorry if we weren't there on the ride with you. Um, but maybe if you hear this on the way back, consider adding a bit of time for yourself to play some radio on the way back. Yeah. Noah, we are so sorry for yeah. your loss. That's devastating. That's tough. But That's I think horrible. it's amazing that you have... Uh, found a way to honor your friend. I think that's really important. It, it's really tough with opioids too, that like it's it's taking people away way before their time. Yeah. And and up until the point that they pass away, um, hopefully a lot of them get out of it. For a lot of them, they are in this cycle yeah. of not being themselves yeah. as they're going through what they're going through. You know it's, what's interesting? It's incredibly difficult. The difficult thing, especially when you're younger and your friends pass away, is that you're, uh, and this is going to be so sad, and Noah, I don't want to make you sad. (laughs) I want to make you buoyant and happy. But I I lost a best friend uh, when I was in my 20s. And when I think of him, I think of how much life I have lived since I lost him. And that he wasn't there along with me. I know. It he's, makes me, it makes like me sad. I have not, a, he's yeah. frozen it. Oh God. Yeah. It makes so. me sad thinking about that. And I've not experienced that kind of loss, but yeah. that is really tough, particularly somebody that's so young and they yeah. couldn't like experience life. Right. And yeah. you, th- and I'm assuming you think about like, we're having kids. Yeah. And he would have been and having it's like, kids. Oh, it's, and, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's tough. Uh, for a while before we had kids and life got so busy, one of the ways that we would honor him is we would make a trip every year to uh, where he's buried and go and visit mm-hmm. um, and make it a, a time of joy. Um, it was and, always a fun trip. That's why we yeah. went to San Diego. Yeah. Every year. Mm-hmm. Yep. For, God, many, many years. Right. And I would, I would, you know, post a memory of him and mm-hmm. then everybody... Um, who knew him would kind of chime in and remember him. And that was, that's what we did. So, uh, oh, Noah, Noah, this, he is CW1NWN. And he says, P.S. Attached is a photo of a stripper my fiance had me bring to a bachelor camp out last weekend. Enjoy. And the attachment. It's a wire stripper. (laughs) It's not just a wire stripper. It's oh my gosh! It has stickers okay, on it. That picture. That, uh, yes. That picture is going on the Hammer to Crash Course podcast uh, chat yeah. for sure. Yes. Yes. That is definite. That is a uh, a dressed up stripper. Yeah. Dressed is, up wire stripper. That's a high class stripper. Mm. Yeah. That's gonna be a lot of Benjamins to get into the champagne. Yeah. Room. Noah, thank you for the laugh. Uh, wish you the best in this difficult time, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, but seriously, take some time for yourself. Seriously, that's the 
I think a good thing you can do. Dive into your poetry yes. a little bit, explore that space and play some radio too. All right. Thank you for that, Noah. The next email comes from a surprising author. Mm. It's titled A New Serial Review. And this is from Cam. Howdy, Leia and Josh. Oh. This is Cameron, Rob's 14-year-old son, a.k.a. volunteer podcast co-producer. Hi, Nathan. <laughs> I love it's the whole family's in Wait, on it. Wait, what's now. going on? It's a family, it's a family business. Okay. Cam is Rob's son. 14-year-old <coughs> okay. son. I thought it was Cam like from Discord no. admin. Okay, got it. I'm straight now. Rob has now made this a family affair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Okay. okay. <laughs> I love listening to your podcast with my oh, dad. Oh, that's great. Oh. Thank you. Now we really got to clean it up, Cam. <laughs> well, I don't know. If you come out spitting some garbage on this serial topic. I hope to get my license soon. I never knew ham radio could be so funny. I it's just us. No, there's so many funny hams. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just kidding. The, I'm I'm serious. The HRCC Discord. If you're not a part of it, it is a delight. Yeah, it it, it covers many genres of of but many so, things. So many funny hams. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of funny hams on YouTube, of course. I oh, mean, absolutely for sure. All right. Well, Cam says, I don't know enough to talk about any radios, but I do know about cereal. Here we go. Today, we were listening to your show on the way home from football practice and stopped at the store to get some milk. I saw a cereal I have never seen before. Okay. Little Debbie's oatmeal cream pies Shut cereal. up. It's in a white box with oatmeal cream pies on it. That's insane i opened the box and grabbed some in my hand and are they all individually wrapped and you have to individually (laughs) unwrap each little sandwich the most painful of cereals it would be better if they were individually wrapped in that paper um wrapper that they have around white rabbit candy right and then you could then eat it oh the rice paper wrapper okay yeah and then it looks like an individual. But that's not little, little Debbie. Like everybody had one of those little cellophane plasticky yeah. things in their lunch. And the ra- those those cookies are like super malleable. They're super like squishable. And you'd undoubtedly, if you got like a brown sack lunch, you'd pull the, the cake out and it would just be like just smashed in half by like your ecto cooler or something like that. Your it would just ecto- be completely destroyed. Who packed your lunch that you got a little Debbie and an ecto cooler. I, I never got those <gasps> those sandwich cookies ever, but you better believe I got ecto cooler. Ecto cooler was the best thing ever. Wow. In a juice box. That is the best juice box. I don't care what Strong anybody says. Feelings. I don't care what anybody says. This is also how you get about Baja Blast Mountain Dew. <laughs> the best Mountain Dew. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, fight me. I, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, Ecto Cooler is the best juice box juice ever. Not good for you. Didn't say that. I said best. That's what? it. Hard it stop. It's just sugar, though, right? That's what makes it good? Yeah, and Mandarin Origins or something. I don't know. Okay. Cam says, I opened the box and grabbed some in my hand and ate it, and it tastes like cookie crisp cereal. Then I took it to my mom, who loves oatmeal cream pies, and she said, gross. 
Aw, what a disappointment, little Debbie cereal. Well, they're probably not soft. They're probably hard as rocks. You got to put the milk on them. Maybe part of that was because I didn't wash my hands after football practice. <laughs> that is gross. <laughs> and I just had applied Tiger Bomb because I took a hard hit. Then I tried it with milk in a bowl. Okay, here we go. If I were to rate it on a scale of one through 10, I would rate it a five. Oh. I would rate the real oatmeal cream pies a 10 out of 10. If it shows up in your store, I would recommend passing it by and give, getting some cinnamon toast crunch there you in go. the giant size box. There you go. Now that is a great cereal. Uh, we agree. We do have a new cereal in our house. We do. It is a Pokemon cereal. Oh, that thing is stupid. And it has that a, is so stupid. It looks like me? it looks like trick cereal. No, that's but it also has marshmallows. <laughs> it has red and blue, black, black, red black, and black. dark blue, like a, black. Like a Pokeball, man. Come on, get with it. Uh, oh, I see what they did there. Yeah. And then there are marshmallow shaped Pikachus or something. They're various. So the, the puff balls taste like tricks, which, by the way, if anybody doesn't know this, tricks is all one flavor. There's only one flavor of tricks. One flavor. That's You're it. Spoiling things for everybody right now. But then there's marshmallows in tricks. So if you think to yourself, when I was growing up, Lucky Charms, uh -huh. those crappy little pieces that come along with, with Lucky Charms yes. had no sweetness to them. But tricks has its own sweetness. Yeah. And then you put marshmallows in it. So Edison bought the box and promptly ate all the marshmallows out of it. Of course, as one does. But here's the rub on this whole thing. So Edison will pour a huge bowl of this cereal, and then he won't eat it. That was Ben. There's been multiple bowls of these super puffed up puffs, because they sat like for multiple hours. <laughs> and they become a gelatinous mess. And so then I'm thinking to myself, it's like, these kids wouldn't have survived with uh, tricks like I had to survive. <laughs> That's the first thing I think. Because he ate all the marshmallows out of it. So it's just tricks, basically. It's just black and red tricks. Which was good enough for me as a kid. You know what? I had tricks before they were fruit-shaped. Yes. You remember that yes, time? Yes, I did. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I am now outraged. <laughs> yeah. Cam says, I enjoy your podcast and videos. It is funny hearing Josh use bad words. Wow. <laughs> keep that in check, Josh. Trying to keep that uh, G rating, the non-explicit rating that we have. And Cam provides his ranking of cereals. Three, Cap'n Crunch with Crunch Berries. Yeah, with Crunch Berries, okay. Two, Honey Nut Cheerios. That is a classic. Uh, no, that is a classic. You can always have a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. I mean, Cheerios but are you are good. you ranking it two because of nostalgia? Not Cam, but you. Or is it because of nostalgia? No, I'll eat Honey Nut Cheerios. As the way that I eat Raisin Bran Crunch. So I will put Honey Nut Cheerios in um, plain Greek yogurt. I know I've that's really you, weird. I've seen you do it. It's really good. It, the, there's a bit of crunch, bit of sweetness. I, particularly plain, though. I don't want, like, extra sweetness. Okay. All right. I don't want to get too sweet. Not particular. I, mean, I like to what keep my think? salt balance in line. I don't like to be a little salty on the salty <laughs> side. What do you think is number one, Josh? Well, I already said Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast yeah. Crunch. And Cameron has a tag. By the way, that's my number one. It is universally the number one cereal. You, by everybody is what you're saying. 
I would say you have to make a really good argument for cinnamon toast crunch. You're saying that anybody who's ever had cinnamon toast crunch would not rank it universally the best. I'm saying that (laughs) you find yourself in a lot of different situations in life eating cereal. When you're young, it's often in the morning. Cinnamon toast crunch is a great choice. Sometimes it's 2 a.m., can't go to sleep. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, great wow. decision. Wow. <laughs> great decision. <laughs> Nothing in the middle of the day, though. Sometimes Just morning and- rice isn't made, and it's close to dinner time. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, <laughs> solid option. Sometimes there's no dessert after dinner. Again, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, well, a strong competitor. I don't even need to feed you anymore. <laughs> I, think, I think we're good. You're right. I've been buying the wrong cereal. I could save myself. A lot of time and effort. If I had just bought the cinnamon toast crunch, it it is it it works in many different situations. Cameron says, "Have fun." Uh, he's attached some pictures, which I will put in the Discord. They're all of cinnamon toast crunch. No, they're <laughs> of little Debbie's. Oh yes, yeah. let's get the hot as reporting proof, as proof that they exist. I hope it comes in like a tall, skinny box. It, it does comes it? in a. A regular cereal box. No, that I know. Is white. I'm sure it does. That makes sense. But right. I want like it to be a like a little Debbie's box, but like inside is a bag of cereal. And Cameron says that can't oh. be good. By the way, like I, I I totally appreciate their their review. I I'm assuming it is 100 percent accurate because that can't be good. What if it were soft though? It wouldn't. Then it'd be like a squished up mass. Like when you <laughs> actually poured it into your like bowl. What if, what if you have to wait for it to get soft for it to be good? What does that mean? Oh, like like rehydrate. Yes. Oh, what if there's instructions on the back for your cereal? <laughs> what if it's supposed to be served with warm milk? You know. This is the whole grape nuts argument again. Yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna have to put it in the microwave and warm it up. Ain't nobody okay. got time for that. He-Man's on in five minutes. Cameron got one last hot take. Okay, here we go. Oh, and Thor is better mm. than Captain America because Thor is worthy and he is still alive. Captain America's alive? I mean... I mean, but he's about they're to both die. Wor- actually... He's about, he's about to die. On the pantheon yeah. of, like, you know, heroes, I guess? Like, Cap and Thor pretty close yeah solidly below iron man though so that's what he thank said thank you so that's much that's what cam no, said no it's what i said oh okay yes. don't don't try and talk for cam <laughs> don't try and make it sound like I cam, was, cam was very that. clear but don't put cam, don't put cam thinks that mouth. thor is the best that's i'm so i'm so sorry to tell you on your first email that you're so wrong about something <laughs> i i don't know like i we're not going down this road. Oh, I know. Okay, keep going. Keep please. Thank you. Break my Thank mind. Thank you of this for discussion. your email, Cam. Thank you, Cam. Regards to your father. Regards. <laughs> regards. The next email is titled "Stuff," and this is from our good friend Russ, KC Five CNT, out in Vermont. Mm. Always sends the mapley goodies. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, let me let me throw in a maple sugar thing. Another maple sugar thing? Yep. Experimenting with maple sugar. Popcorn. On the walk. Maple sugar. So it was a maple sugar kettle corn. Uh, So I popped the corn first. Okay. And then I melted butter, Uh mixed that with the maple sugar, poured that over the popcorn, put it back in, heated it up a little bit, and tossed it. 
I didn't get any of that. Edison murdered it. Murdered it. Wow. Because he got he's righteously indignant about his like sweet popcorn. <laughs> he is not team savory at all with popcorn. Ben is team savory. Oh, it's for very, sure. And, and also to, to the point of like being spicy. Happy. Like he likes it spicy and then has all kinds of interesting savory flavors, which I'm also on that side. I like good butter, garlic salt. But Ben's like, let's throw some brewer's yeast on this. I'm like, Ben, this is getting wild. <laughs> ben, calm down with this. A little bit of uh, um, chili powder. powder. <laughs> ben, you are my son. <laughs> but Edison is like, I want nothing to do with this savory business. He and looks at savory popcorn with disdain. So literally, I popped it all up in the wok. I split it out. So I made two batches of corn for the kids. Wow. Edison was not, year. he was like, he was very You have serious. failed me, father, with the savory popcorn. Yeah, he was, How dare you insult me he in was this way? Very like he wasn't angry. You know, like when Edison's like just very serious mm-hmm. when he's like not whining or yelling mm-hmm. and he's just like resolute. You have wronged me. Yeah. So split it out, melted the butter. By the way, I salted it beforehand because it was already, you know, tossed in oil. Yeah. When I cooked it. So it already had like a, you know, a good dose of, uh, of salt. Mm-hmm. So it was already all mixed in with salt. Put the butter and the uh, the maple sugar together. Let it reconstitute a little bit. Mm-hmm. Pour that over the popcorn. And and you got to do it while you're kind of like tossing it over. Sure. Heat. Otherwise, it's going to get coverage. like a couple pieces that get like all clumped up and gross. You don't want that. You, know, you got to keep it moving. Real pro popcorn happening. And then put that in the bowl. He killed it. I think I got like a handful and it was gone wow there you go well thank you for that russ because otherwise like if if somebody were to tell you it's like oh i I just melted a bunch of brown sugar and butter and i poured it on my popcorn that sounds a little weird but you say like a maple sugar and they're like oh i'm in i'm in yeah yeah right it's a little it's classy right russ says hello land josh warning shore up action failure your episode that covered lids and tablets. Oh my. As far as I can remember, lids will always be lids no matter what. Spin the dial. But if they were doing this on my repeater, then I would DTMF into it and power down the transmitter as I would not like to perpetuate such noise. Well, see, I mean, that's, that is what a repeater owner, the repeater owner's first responsibility is to stop the jamming. Mm. And often the best way to do that is just shut the repeater off. Wow. Yeah. The lid would hopefully realize that she, he no longer has said platform and move on. For the tablet world, I have owned two in the past, Mm. Asus Transformer and Samsung Galaxy. Both have their quirks and I loved my Transformer, but alas, the battery failed the Samsung spent a week at the bottom of a lake after getting in an <laughs> argument with technology. It still works after it dried out for two weeks in the sun and rice. Yeah, but is that a transformer sound wave? Let me just ask you directly. Is it sound wave? Best this transformer? This is now a transformer joke. Okay, I get it. Uh, there's the deep. Uh, uh, okay. Favorite transformer, sound wave. Really? Yeah. Not no Optimus question. Prime? No. Come on. What a tool. Oh. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Don't ever say that in front of Edison's best friend, Remy. 
that would be a catastrophic. Remy turns everything into Optimus Prime. You know what would be really funny? is like, hey, Remy, do you want to watch uh, the Transformers movie? He dies in the first 10, like 10 minutes of it. Oh, Optimus Prime no. dies. And he gives the all spark to the worst Transformer, which Sound makes wave? a character called Rodimus Prime. What is Rodimus Prime? Rodimus Prime was called Hot Rod. He was like a sports car. And you give him the all spark and he turns into a 70s era van. I'm in. Van life. With like a spoiler Hashtag on it. van life. <laughs> it's, he, he turns into like the awkward uncle from the late 80s with the thick mustache. You cannot do that to Remy. Remy is so obs- When we went to the beach. We and then made- Orson Welles in the background like, oh, I'm taunting you. We made drip castles. Okay. Yeah. It's where okay. you get sand super wet and mm-hmm. you drip it as high as you can to make the peaks of mm-hmm. castles. He made Optimus Prime with the drip castle? He made a Optimus Prime drip castle. Give me your AllSpark kid. And then we played Animal Crossing, and it turns out that he buys all of his Animal Crossing outfits to match Optimus Prime. They always have to be red on the top. It's always a red top and always blue bottom. What's it? What, what is that thing they do in Disneyland where you go like um, Disney bounding? Disney bounding, where yes. you're like not dressed up as a character, but people look at you and they're like, "Well, you're a hipster. You kind of look like Belle." Right, right. You brought a book with you Hipster, to Disneyland. Hipster Bell. You nerd. <laughs> Please don't do this to Remy. It's very sad. Hey, Remy, come on over. <laughs> Let me show you Transformers the Motion. I, I don't remember. It's Transformers the movie. I don't know. But here we go. Well, Russ continues. Okay. I have used both with APRS and accessing my VNC servers. I just love Android tablets. So versatile. Yeah, they are. They really are. And the apps are better than uh, iOS for sure. No question. Okay. Uh, for ham radio. Okay. For ham <laughs> so, radio. I, I was going to say, wow, we have really become agreeable about Android <laughs> apps today. For ham radio. My wife bought an Instant Pot years ago and loves it. We use it to make everything. Stews, yogurt, pulled meats. Living in the wilds of northern Vermont, we can't recommend four-wheel drive enough. However, being a poor driver will not be mitigated by having four-wheel drive during inclement weather. Drive appropriately and not like those left-coaster Californians. (laughs) I would argue... We are no, we are bad in the snow. I would argue <laughs> that some Californians are better than you at driving. Because we drive in cold temperatures at altitude. Uh, Not all no, of them by no, 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 any no. means. You can't say this because every time we drive up to Big Bear. Yeah, well, it's during, a Prius or an Odyssey snow, that's in the snow. And you go, oh, these terrible drivers, so many of I them. am a Californian. I am a Californian. I have been in Salt Lake City with record down dropping of snow. And I just look out on left, on left me, jokers to the right, here I am, Salt Lake City cars all over the place. They, they were literally, so that's one of the fun things about Salt Lake City is that they just like, there's no plowing when I'm out early in the morning. And the car will just 
just glide off of the freeway into something a hundred yards off, like just gone. Like there's no, it's wild. Like it's like flat land. They just go and you're driving to work and it's like, how did he get there? (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's weird. Uh, you know what? I'm with you, Russ. There's lots of bad Californian snow drivers. I don't care what Josh says. Because they know how to drive in snow. You're one Californian. You're not even representative you, you assume that of I'm the, the entire only state? One, the largest economy? Well, wait, 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 wait. Are we the largest? How big are we? We're like the okay, sixth largest on. economy in the world, I think. The you're, sixth you're, largest economy. You're showing There's, a little bit too much unrealistic Californian pride right no, now. No, I'm not. Okay, seriously, I'm not. I'm not saying the majority of Californians can drive in rain because <laughs> I know they that's not true. They can't even drive in sunlight. Okay. <laughs> but a lot of them, we have altitude. We have people that live at altitude. They drive very well and they go off-roading in those in those All environments. Right. Okay. We did in the snow. Remember when we went up and we found that old ass cabin? Most frightening drive of my life. <laughs> the fam went camping at another state park, and this time I was ready and prepared. We upgraded from a tent to a tent 2.0 pop-up camper. Awesome. There you go. So I packed along a TS430's MFJ941 and a Hustler RM20 mobile 20-meter antenna. Also had resonators for 80, 40, 15, and 10 meters. Nice. And the 12-volt camper power that was fed by solar. Picks attached. Very cool picks. I will put those in the Discord uh, HRCC podcast chat. In the most recent podcast drop, you all spoke of cast iron, ham radio comparisons, and making mead. I used to make mead with the honey that beasts spit. <laughs> That my bees made. Of course, Russ has bees. Sure. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. When I lived in New Mexico, I made something called harvest spice mead because I used honey that was made from the mesquite blossoms and other flowers of the Rio Grande Valley. It was spicy and smoky. Oh, it was good. Yeah, I bet. I bet that's really good. I found a bottle that I made in 2009. The leaves were still in the bottle and it had gone bad. I have tons of well-seasoned cast iron at home and in the camping supplies. Must, must have for camping, yeah. honestly. Particularly if you have like a trailer, like a pop-up tent. Yeah. You should definitely have like a Dutch oven, like a mm. proper cast mm-hmm. Dutch oven. L- love the stuff, but will it antenna? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it'll it, it'll do something. I mean, you can look it up if you put an analyzer on it. As for the radio comparison, I am so anal when it comes to radio and their specs, sometimes taking months to decide on which product to purchase. Now I am debating a new radio for my BMW X5. Should I use a remote mount XPR, an Anytone, or do the new Radioddity micro DMR mobile that Josh just reviewed? I like the idea of the Anytone tri-band, but no remote mount. The XPR, but it's monoband, or the Radioddity, but it's only 20 watts. Size and decisions. Those are all Chinese radios. You don't want a Japanese radio? Do, do we have to be racist about radios, too? It's not racist. It's <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's not racism. Um, 
so all the arguments that he made are why I would not use any of those radios in my car. What would you use instead? Uh, a Yaesu FTM 300 or a Yaesu FTM 400 or get yourself an ICOM 5100. Seriously, right. I, 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 would, uh, I would much rather you go down that road and get a good performing mobile radio than a DMR something or other mobile. Um, with that said, if you have limited space, the uh, the Radiodity 20 watt DMRs is not bad. It, it you can you can definitely use that, but you're going to be highly dependent on the pro- programming software to to get it to where you want it to be. Okay, Nate. Uh, I'm sorry, Russ has a note for Nate. Hey, Nate. I'm still hoping to make it to the Adams Ham Fest, provided they don't cancel it. But my car is in the shop with some respiratory issues. I will be sporting my One X Crew shirt also. Okay, we we can't be. I am, can't be brokering messages. It's wh- why? It's just like come on. It's just like come in on. ham radio where you pass the telegram. We're we're, from we're doing a net. Sta- this is yes. A- <laughs> uh, I I do. Really like the idea of Nate and Russ being able to find each other using the the HRCC One X Crew shirt, though. You know, because I mean, they don't have a radio. They could just say like, "Hey, I'm by the the hot dog vendor." More fun okay. to find okay. Okay. shirt. Yes, yes. Good. <laughs> don't don't use your radio to find each other. Just scream One X Crew as loudly <laughs> as you can. <laughs> no. That's not, we're not doing that You can, but I mean, like, you got to be really careful if you're a sexy, uh, zaddy and you, and you're, and you're doing (laughs) caca, all the, the moms that are baby wearing might come out. At the ham fest, they're all, uh, who knows? Baby wearing moms at the ham fest. Hey, Leia, Leia, why are you so dismissive of this uh, situation? (laughs) Got to be careful being a zaddy out there. Can't just be in throwing a caca out anytime you want. Russ signs off. Anyhow, back to the grind. Keep up the awesome work. 73, Russ. KC5, CNT in Vermont. Thank you so much, Russ. I do want to get up to Vermont. I want to go through Vermont and New Hampshire and like a lot. Well, and and then Massachusetts. We have a friend in Vermont. My favorite. We got family in Massachusetts. Well, my I was going to say my favorite vitamins are made in Vermont. (laughs) They won't. No. We thank the wrong people. We thank the wrong friend. Yeah. (laughs) All right. The next. She would walk in on me in the bathroom, though, I bet. (laughs) Thank you, Russ. And on to the next email. (laughs) (laughs) Eight minute mile. Love you, Avery. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Like Avery's listening. No, you know, you don't know. I was on that random blog. (laughs) And then our podcast was on the random blog. What was the blog? I, I was trying to figure out how like um, iTunes was like sucking up all this memory space, and uh-huh. I hopped and it's on like the, it's this podcast. It's this podcast, <laughs> and, and it was literally like all the other podcasts were a couple of megabytes, and then he had like <laughs> six gigs of our podcast. And so, like, I made an account to comment on his website. I was like, "Hey, sorry about the length. I know it gets a little long. Thanks for listening." <laughs> It was crazy. It was totally crazy. <laughs> Just, hey, so to everybody who listens and downloads the podcast, we're so Watch sorry. Watch your memory. <laughs> Set it to like 
like three most recent. Like don't don't hold them. I mean, I mean, maybe if you, you if can you want to like stream them later. Yeah, 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 you can. I mean, but you know, if you're if you're going on a long trip or you know you don't have cell phone coverage, okay, sure, store store a couple of. Them, All right. You know, you know, for a rainy day. But uh. the next email is titled Eight Minute Mile." This oh, is here we from <laughs> the wonderful. This is going to turn into like an Eminem thing, I think. <laughs> Eight minute mile. Eight are mile. You, I'm, uh, are you? Are you? I'm trying it? to reference Eminem with Eight Mile. Thank you. Okay, but are you doing an eight minute mile yet? Because the last thing I saw you do was walk with a backpack and a dog. <laughs> that backpack had fifty pounds of weights in it. All right. Well, fine. Uh, I'll grant. I was oh. rucking. Okay, you you get street cred for that. And then I did, uh, I'm not going to even talk about what I'm working out in the office right now. It's just crazy. All right. Well, this next email is from Rob, mm-hmm. who is a fantastic volunteer podcast co-producer. And it says, Leia, it's on. And the t-shirt, HRCC 8-Minute Mile Club. Oh, you, I like that. You got to run to wear it. Thanks for the inspiration. You gotta, oh, see, I like the tagline. Yes. I like the tagline. Rob, KI5GFL, when being chased in a woods, I don't have to be faster than the bear. I just have to be faster than you. That's what the back says. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Uh, Ham Radio Crash Course, Eight Minute Mile Club. You have to run to wear it. Front side. Okay. Backside. I don't have to be, f- when in a woods. When being chased in a woods. And being chased by a bear, I only have to be faster than you. Okay. It's actually, I don't have to be faster than the bear. I just have to be faster so than So that's you. what I did. I, I reduced the text. Don't love it. Okay. Thank you, Rob. If we make the shirt, you are getting one. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm trying to workshop it. I'm trying to make it. Regards to your son. <laughs> The next email is titled, I Must Apologize. Oh, whoa. This is a first. And this is from Jesse, Leia. Oh, okay. I must apologize for my husband breaking your husband's brain. <laughs> Mine asked about the Harry Potter Hogwarts houses as radio brands. Oh, so good. It was such a good question. We listened to the podcast during our trip to the farmer's market this morning and both couldn't stop laughing when you kept saying, Sean, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> Said podcast also caused a 10-minute conversation after which we both thoroughly enjoyed but felt bad about the possible damage to Josh's psyche after trying to figure this out. No, it's not going to damage me. It's already damaged. It's <laughs> You can't damage it more. Fair enough. <laughs> it's truly what we do on longer drives to entertain ourselves. I just want to know if he agrees with me or not. I just want to know if they agree. Well, we might find out. Okay, here we go. Yeah. We tried to figure out the houses as such things as whiskey, beer, radios, and dog breeds. Oh, don't do that. Don't open yeah. don't, don't open the aperture. <laughs> yes, we're odd and we know it. Again, apologies. Jesse K E eight F S S. There's a second apology. <laughs> There's a second I must apologize portion. Okay. okay. This is for Alice, who was after the email from my husband, Sean, but I forgot to include these comments until my second listen on the podcast. I completely understand why you think you are suddenly dumb. And 
Alice, if you remember, she was the one who said she wasn't going to get her license. Sure. Uh, because she didn't feel that she was smart enough, which is completely ridiculous, Completely Alice. ridiculous, Alice. Jesse says, I'm a chiropractor and electronics definitely do not come easy for me. I spent quite a while studying for my tech exam, but actually did fairly well on it. There's absolutely no reason you can't get through the exam with only a basic understanding of how electronics work. I still only have a vague idea of how they work, but I now understand enough to figure out most of what's going on while I'm studying for my general. Good. There's no reason for you not to try and every reason in the world for you to do so. It gives you another talking point in your marriage and you will meet a lot of new friends. Well said. That's great. And that's Jesse K-E-8-F-S-S. Thank you so much, Jesse. They didn't say what they thought of my hot take on any of this. You don't know if Sean's going to write in an email. Who knows? It's a journey. Email correspondence corners, always a journey. I just want to know what they thought of my... my, We took a lot of time on that. I I spent some time thinking about that. I mean, they already did give you your their ideas. Were you hoping to convince yeah, I, I, them? Yeah, I would okay. like to. I would like to convert them to my my thinking. Always, always healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't care. The next email is titled 2021 and Beyond," and this is from Philip. Beyond. Hi, hi, Leia. No, that's a, uh, that's a really dumb mm. podcast reference. If anybody got that reference beyond, then okay. Hi, Leia. Given Josh's IT geekiness history, I'm somewhat surprised that Josh pays little attention to IT network-based radios, such as Flex Radio and its capabilities. Of course, iCom and the other brands are very good. There's no arguing about that. Ah. But Flex Radio and similar seem more and more future-oriented. The classic radio amateur naturally loves its buttons and shack, but the convenience is offset by the almost unlimited possibilities that software offers you. Kind of. Being able to remotely control your own station and even other stations with just about any device seems to belong more and more to 2021 and beyond. Don't get stuck in traditions and go with the future. I dare to think modestly. Okay, here's the problem. Who owns the servers? And who can access them? So here's the what problem with mean? Flex. Okay. So here's the problem with Flex Radio. It's it's not a problem. It just is what it is. To be as convenient as Flex Radio is, they host a a cluster of servers or, you know, I don't know, it could be one server for all I know that brokers the contacts between you running remote and your home station. If those servers go down for any reason, you are not talking to your home flex. Oh, okay. So my home icon that runs a web server, I can run remote software from wherever I'm at and be able to connect to it via the internet. Sure, the internet could go down wherever I'm at or whatever, but you're only adding an extra layer of complexity when you talk about where the servers are for your flex. 
I'm not taking anything away from what Flex is doing, by the way. They make great radios. They're a lot of fun. They, they are really a lot of fun for the remote aspect. Um, they are super, super cool. Every time I've got to uh, go hands-on with a Flex radio, it's a lot of fun. With that said, uh, you have to ask yourself, how do you connect to that radio? It makes it so easy because you're connecting into a remote server that is a Flex radio server. And if those servers were to ever go down, that's disconnecting you from your radio completely. When you're trying to operate remotely. Right. But it doesn't stop the radio from working when you're right in front of it. Oh, no. Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, Philip signs off. P.S. Love the podcast. 73 Philip ON7 FD. Thank you so much for the Thank email. You, and I hope that answers your question. Uh, I, I, By the way, I appreciate the forward-looking aspect of ham radio. We should definitely be doing more of that, like mm -hmm. more remoting, more of that. It should be a thing. But but at the same time, it's difficult because you start poking holes in your network and you got to protect those open pipes that you're making. Um, that's a reality if you're doing it on your own versus using a service like uh, like Flex does. All right. Well, the next email is titled Podcast, Discord, and Merch Idea. Oh, boy. Gary's going to get a lot in here. Okay. Thank you both for the work you do for the ham radio community. I had been interested in ham radio for a while after learning about my grandfather's experience. Last October, I was able to pass all three exams in one session. Ooh, Congrats. that's a grand slam. Congrats, Gary. Wait, wait, we got to do it. New ham. New, <clears throat> well, October, but yes, Newham, congratulations. Well, th this Gary. is the first time I'm hearing about it. Fair enough. Okay. That's that's the big brain exam right there. Yeah, that's the grand slam, as we call it. Yeah, yeah. okay, I'm just going to call it the big brain. Okay. You yeah. know what? I like it. Thank you. Yeah. Less contentious. Excellent. <laughs> the HRC Discord has been very helpful. Add an extra C. Come on. The HRCC Discord has been very helpful and open to new hams that I can't say enough about how fantastic and welcoming that group is, actually. I mean, that's the point of it. That That's the whole point. But not all ham radio groups are like that. That's why we made it. Okay, okay. Literally, that's why we made it. And Big generally, ups to the admins and mods seriously, it, it's the, the it's Discord the mods and admins and that keeps yeah. keeps it like that. The ability to ask what you think is a dumb question, and straight up, let me be honest with you, we have seen those questions by many people many times. You're not necessarily coming with like a new question, right? You're just new to the hobby, mm -hmm. and what everybody needs is for somebody to say. Dude, I get it. I was there too. Yeah. Let's talk about like where to go from here. Because it's a big, complex world in ham radio. It seriously is. And it, it's it's only going to get more complicated. It really will. Right. As technology gets better and hams like, hey, we, we can adopt this and make this thing. And it becomes Legos of technology. I made basically. a robot that will bring me a beer when I call to it with my ham radio. Was that from the email? This no. is my new best friend. No, I just came up with that. I'm already You've your best friend. You've not made a radio <laughs> or a robot. Come on. 
I'm saying the idea. It was me. I'm already your best friend. You're welcome. Gary continues, <laughs> I appreciate their willingness to help out. Because of the community, I decided to become a VE through Glarg mm. as a way to give back. Well, that's a big trick. We got you. We yeah. won. We, we, we well got you. That was a big Gary. trap. <laughs> You're now locked in. I'm this past week. Now I- you belong to W8WOT. <laughs> <laughs> This past week, I proctored my first three sessions. Congrats, Gary. By the way, that koozie right there, the orange one yes. with the green top, uh-huh. that's from Chris, W-A-W-O-T. Oh, thank you, Chris. It's really keeping my seltzer cold. It is. It's fantastic. My my thing is also... I, take, I put the sticker on I, I take HRCC stickers and I just put them on anything I want to keep. So just like, ew, my, ham radio. No, my sister, I'll never steal this. My sister will come over with just the best water bottle. She's got an addiction. And I'm like, I'm just going to take this real fast. <laughs> and I put an HRCC to And I was like, look at my new water bottle. She's like, that's not yours. And I'm like, do you have HRCC stickers? <laughs> what would be funny is if she shows up and she's like, I have my license. And you're like, oh, she's become a demigod of water. <laughs> She reclaims all of the stolen water. <laughs> Just like an orchestral <laughs> exuberance, exuberance, exuberance play. Exuberance. And, and then it's just all the water bottles float and then come back to her. And she's like, I am now a ham. Wow. This is, this is quite the power bestowed upon hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gary, way to go. Just like getting your big brain and then turning around and getting other people, maybe not big brains, but definitely their techs and generals and extras. Uh, I don't know what the tests were for. I don't know what their brains yeah. are. Yeah. Do you, did we test for that now? Yeah. Should we test for that? Gary continues. The podcast keeps me a bit more sane as I listen while working from home. Well, thank you. The, I, I, I appreciate heart. the oh, mental sanity. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. The merch idea I had was a mug with a caption, this meeting could have been a net. <laughs> I love it. All right. I love it. Uh, okay. I, 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 as someone who spends their entire life in meetings, that is funny. All right. <laughs> Gary says, seems appropriate given the continued. But only a mug. Can't be a shirt. Can't be anything but a mug. Okay. <laughs> Only a mug. Just a mug. Got it. Seems appropriate enough given the continued work at home environment in a lot of areas. Gary signs off. Thanks again for all you do in 73, Gary AG9GG. He's even got the GG in his call sign. Good game. Yeah. Good game, buddy. Gary, it sounds like you're getting a mug. Yeah, seriously, that's (laughs) really good. Um, That is really good. All right. Thank you for that. It's a good joke. I like it. And and you're you're only going to get like the winks and nods of other hams and that's exactly what I want. I want like like little insider jokes that's like your, that's your whole gig. That is. Like it's a yeah, little like I mean, when it comes to merch. That's it's like a whole. secret handshake. You know what I mean? Like that's what I like. Secret mug shake. Secret mug I don't want you putting shakes in a mug. Don't do that. That's that's horrible. Oh, you went to the milkshake in a mug. I went to somebody coming up and just shaking your face. <laughs> Secret mug. Okay. The next email you know is what? titled okay. Floppies, QSL cards, and a third POTA attempt. And floppies is, as a singular statement? 
floppies, okay. comma, QSL card. Okay, I can't wait to see where this goes. A third photo attempt. But then this is from Brian. Sir Josh and Lady Leia. Oh, so regal. Regarding a comment made during the recent episode, How to Deal with Lids, it was brought up that there are folks even now that see the save icon as save button. <laughs> I was listening to it <laughs> while driving to work at 5 a.m. and let out an audible bleep me. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, there are people that don't know what the floppy is, like straight up. I feel old now. Yeah, like straight up. And that's like 10 years old. Like (laughs) We were making that joke 10 years ago. We were? Yeah. Well, I definitely was. Wow. It was a hot, it was was an open mic night. (laughs) No, you guys hear about these floppies? Those AOL discs? Who's repurposing AOL discs? You're not going to do open mic for sure. I I love you. You're capable of so many things, but I a t- would kill it at an open mic now. Five man, a tight a five tight is five? easy. No. Easy. Okay, bring it. Start working on it now. Mm-hmm. You do a bit of your routine at mm-hmm. every live stream. Let me tell you about okay. the time I set up my logbook of the world. <laughs> All you hams in the room, you get what I'm saying. This is a nightmare. One guy in the back goes woo. <laughs> That's what you should do on the cruise. You should have your own open mic. Just People for like, just for hands, sir, sir. Where did you get that microphone, sir? Who gave this to you? Where did that speaker come? We from? don't even have a Bob Barker style microphone on the cruise. Did, did you bring this? I I absolutely did. I'm very serious about my craft. Okay. Brian says I don't have kids, but I wanted to thank you both for making. For, making paragons sound horrible for helping me feel old <laughs> regarding qsl cards i watched josh's video about the label maker this was a very this controversial video on qrz this got posted and then got taken down yes i actually posted it to qrz mm-hmm. uh because i thought it was interesting mm. and it was in ha- it was an amateur news and then got moved it was on the front page and then less than a day it had lots and, of comments and they and were then aggressive was comments moved to another they forum were angry and off the front page they were angry comments yeah it was as one could expect at qrz it is literally uh if you were to do a tight five of stand-up ham radio uh, maybe comedy. As, maybe as clowning on QRZ on the podcast is the reason the video got moved. <laughs> we don't clown on them. I, I I do argue that there are some people that are really mean there. They're really really aggressive. With that said, if you were to do a tight five on QRZ, you would get the most visceral, immediate response to your stand-up comedy. Really? They are, oh, they're so immediate and forthright. Are they ornery? Are they They're ornery? They're ornery? Yeah, yeah, they're ornery. Okay. They are, they are. They they are. Not all of them. No, 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 no. Not, not at even all. at all. I think there are plenty of perfectly they, nice hams on QRZ. The, there are the, the outspoken few that we know by call sign. And they are on all the time they are on like it doesn't matter when you post they're there and they're gonna be like i'm commenting i should update my qrz page 
I should take a bunch of dumb pictures with radios. <laughs> like, get a bunch of Hello Kitty radios. You know, no, you know what would be amazing if I just, if I never logged another contact, but I posted all the pictures of your radios. <laughs> that would be funny. Just, you're my only contact. That would be good. Because I think my profile right now literally says, hey, check it out. I got a QRZ page now. <laughs> And they're probably so mad that you haven't filled it out either. They're like, she's not even a real QRZ user. I pay for a subscription. She doesn't know how to use cascading style sheets. <laughs> they would be wrong because I was on Asian Avenue. I was Avenue. on MySpace. <laughs> yes, and MySpace, but I was on Asian Avenue first. That Oh, that's a... So, so that's a world I never experienced. No, it was the best of the internet. Really when you told me about time. Zanga, I was like, what is all this? Or like, that's where the Asians went after Asian Avenue. Yes. I'm like, wow. And Zanga was the precursor to Tumblr. So is that where we go for like hot boba tips? I mean, more than boba tips. I mean, there's egg roll stuff. Yeah. Oh, see? <laughs> all right. All right. All right. A good blog. Yeah. I saw, by the way, uh, Lee, I don't know if Lee listens. Uh, Lee is uh, somebody that he has been involved with the uh, Ham Radio Crash Course for a very long time mm-hmm. when we got started. Lee and, um, oh gosh, I'm I'm blanking on his girlfriend's name. It's... Lee's girlfriend. Lee's girlfriend. Uh, oh, it's something with a Christy, Christiana, and it's not Christiana, because that's on YouTube. Yes. But they they posted a picture of an egg roll wrapped in like uh, a a green leaf lettuce, with like toppings on it. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is like I got to show this to Leia. It sounds delicious. I know it did. Yeah. It did really look good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, well Brian is continuing. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm just getting really excited about egg rolls. There's no egg rolls here. I don't know why I'm getting so excited, but I had egg rolls yesterday. <laughs> And spring rolls. Oh, in same, both in the same, in the same day? The same Crispy time. and the soft yeah. with the shrimp and the I pork? I really, I went for it. And it was yeah, from, you did. It was from Bodard's. Oh, my goodness. After we went to the reptile zoo. That's <laughs> that doesn't add anything to the flavor, <laughs> other than salmonella. It was, you know what's funny? We were at the reptile zoo, and every, uh, every animal... Um, Alligators in particular had a snapping turtle. So every exhibit was like this reptile and a snapping turtle, right? And so I finally asked the guy who owns the place, because he's walking around, and I said, that guy is the tiger king of reptiles. I mean, he does videos. (laughs) He's got the zoo. He's got the When you throw a term out like the tiger king of reptiles... Yeah. There's a lot of baggage that goes along. Remember when we started with COVID? Like, we didn't know what COVID was all about. And then Tiger King showed up and we we're like, But this zoo is just his this passion. This is what's going to pull us out. Like, this is the thing that's going to gel our society together is Tiger King. The reptile zoo is in a strip mall. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. It's fantastic, though. The kids love it. Edison said today, the reptile zoo is one of my favorite places in the world. And I'm like, these few storefronts in the strip mall, this is <laughs> this is your choice. We've taken you to so many wondrous places. This is it though, right? <laughs> so I asked the guy, uh, so are snapping turtles 
really great companions for reptiles? Are they very symbiotic animals just across the animal kingdom of reptiles? And he says, no, people just keep abandoning them here. (laughs) Because they're illegal to own in California because they're invasive. Yeah, snappy so, turtle. Yes. Yeah. So they have to drop them off somewhere that's not going to kill them. <laughs> and so they're just overrun with these snapping turtles. So he's got to put them in with whatever reptile has a water habitat. <laughs> and he looked at me like I was stupid. He was like... No, <laughs> they just get abandoned here. <laughs> this is just where they live now. Yeah. Oh, man, Brian, we really derailed this email. Okay, now Brian says, I watched Josh's video about the label maker, and I thought it was a great way to efficiently respond to cards. Oh, here we go. I can't say that I'm a fan of it for my cards, but I don't have nearly the popularity of Josh in terms of folks after my cards, nor the sheer number of things his time gets dedicated to. For my part, I recently resurrected my roommate's printer and now own it. I use it to print labels for return and send addresses and to update my QTH info as well. Mm -hmm. It is really handy just to print it. The QSO information gets handwritten as well as any comments that I pass along to the other station. By the way, I completely support that. Um, Make the shipping label the, the printed label, and then write the QSO information in. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. The video has gotten me thinking about QSL cards in general. Mm-hmm. Mine is in an older style of black text with some red text for highlighting. It's simple and, more importantly, cheaper to print than those with pictures of their shacks or local area. It's always fun to see people's personality come through in their cards and that they're a link to the pre-internet era. I'm reminded of when I told a younger co-worker. <laughs> That's going to put that save logo on your uh, QSL card so exactly. people know that you're pre, pre-AOL days. It's the save logo with an arrow that goes, it's a floppy disk. <laughs> Do you understand? It's a thing. It's a physical thing. Must know where this originated to ride this ride. <laughs> Why does the QSL card have to be sexy? I don't know what's going on there. That's a little weird. No, I'm not. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) I went went down the wrong path. You went a little weird with that one. That should not be a part of your QSL card. I don't know if if you're working shopping that right now. Is that that part of your tight five? Your ham tight five? No, I'm working on my QSL cards. (laughs) Okay, okay. You're saying it doesn't go. No. You shouldn't put that. No. Okay. Must be X to ride this ride. (laughs) Must have a PC with a turbo button. (laughs) Okay. Well, Brian says, I'm reminded of when I told a younger coworker about ham radio and the purpose of collecting cards, to which she replied. She ran. That's the nerdiest thing that I've ever heard in a long time. So we figured out a nerdier thing on the uh, Ham Nation uh, after chat. So Jeff, Jeff, if you're listening, my name to is this, Jeff. My name is Jeff. So Jeff is going to uh, to Huntsville, and okay. we're going to do a TikTok where I started out going, a show TikTok, me something. You say. Yeah, Leia's already on board. <laughs> show me something that's nerdier than this, and we're going to play Dungeons and Dragons at a Ham Fest. 
and I'm going to say, I'm at a ham fest. And it's like wide angle shot. I'm at a ham fest. People are buying ham radio and ham radio accoutrement. We're going to roll characters. And ham radio accessories. We're going to we're going to roll characters and play Dungeons and Dragons at a ham fest. This is a really a, a niche you're going to. Could you there. imagine a nerdier thing than that? Mm. Try. Please try. What if Yeah. you made your tabletop out of floppy disks? <laughs> tell me I tell me I'm wrong. Tell me t- tell seriously. Try. <sighs> what is nerdier than playing Dungeons and Dragons at a at a ham fest? TI eighty four calculators playing Doom, running Doom. Fair. No, even that is like, uh, like cool kids can get involved with playing Doom on a TI eighty five. Even the cool kids, you say? Even the cool kids, because I was not one of them. All right. Well, Brian says, I laughed heartily. On an unrelated note, I had my first true POTA failure after driving 35 minutes to the park and hauling my 35-pound, 55-amp-hour sealed lead-acid battery to a bench along with the rest of my gear. I realized I forgot my radio's power cord at home. This is checklist time. This is checklist time. This is a right-in-the-rain checklist time. Go by yourself a right in the rain, write it down, put write it on it the strap. Don't forget it. Rubber band it on the strap. I was instantly reminded for some reason of your video mentioning keeping a checklist of oh, items to that's bring it. on that's it. that's it. That's it, man. Thank you both for your time and dedication to the hobby. 73, Brian, K-E-0-R-I-Y. I am so sorry you had to experience that because... There is nothing worse than getting out in the field and then have like missing something. The the coax adapter is actually it's bad, but like you could you could take two pieces of wire and kind of like bodge together something. But if you straight up don't have the power lead, it's like eh, I'm not really willing to jam a bunch of wires into the side of my radio to make this power up. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for your email and uh, your reminder of how old we are. Did I read uh, Brian's? I did. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The next email is titled Canning Venison, and this is from Shane. Oh, here we go. Hello, Leah and Josh. Last Saturday, I enjoyed your latest podcast on the way to and back from a mid- Midwest soda activation. Cool. Driving two and a half hours each way for a one point summit. Oh my goodness. Shows either I'm committed to soda and portable radio or possibly I should be committed. You know what? Yeah, a little bit of both for ham radio operator, I think. A little bit. A little bit. With a number of summits in my drivable area and their point value, the mass says it's going to take me about 11 years to reach Mountain Coat. Yeah. Yeah, math checks out. I'm not normal, but I'm having fun. I digress. I'd like to touch on two of the subjects you discussed last week, mm-hmm. cooking wild game and canning. Leia, you suggested cooking some wild game longer in order to make it more tender. I have had different experience, at least with white-tailed deer venison. This is true. Actually, venison can be cooked quite rare and... And yeah, it's got very little fat content. Yeah. 
I can honestly say I've eaten more venison steaks in my 46 years than beef. Growing up, venison was our main red meat for our family. And to this day, I still eat more venison than meat. That's because venison's delicious. Well, I I like that we have a pro now. This is a pro that's responding to, uh, to a podcast. So very good. Over the years, we found the secret to preparing venison is in the actual processing of the game. Trimming off as much of the talon and removing the silver skin membrane is the key to it being tender and less gamey in flavor. Sure. That is a hot tip. Thank you. My family has always processed deer we get during the Wisconsin hunting season ourselves. We cut the back straps into chops, the hindquarters into steaks. Most of my extended family cuts the neck and shoulders into roasts. The shanks and trimmings are either made into jerky or sent to the local meat locker to be made into summer sausage or something along those lines. No scrap of meat goes to waste. I love this so much, and I actually really do want to go deer hunting. This she is wants something. to go shoot a deer and bring it to your wonderful system that you've laid out. Yeah. Because Leia's, uh, so we, I don't know that we talked about this on the podcast, but your big thing was like you wanted to make a BLT. Yes. From 100% under your power. Yes. So the lettuce, the bread, the bacon, the mayo, the tomatoes, yes, all things that you created, mm-hmm. nothing out of anything that's produced by a manufacturer or anything like that. I'd have to grow my own wheat and grind it and do all that stuff, but that's that seems excessive. That that was uh actually there was a big thing. The there was a push that the NRA did um, for getting like women involved with uh, with hunting or whatever was going down that road of like being self-sustaining with i'm already down it you are are. (laughs) but it's actually a really beautiful thought of if you consider what you consume most of what you consume comes from a store yes and the ability to so things like bacon like think about what goes into making bacon Mm -hmm. it's actually really like a, a elongated process of where an actual pig is taken and then brought to your table in a vacuum-packed, sealed thing that you put up on the uh, on the griddle and cook it up mm-hmm. or skillet or whatever. Yeah. But the the concept of like actually doing the whole process of brining your bacon, you know, taking a hog first, right? Like in Southern California, we have wild hog that you can mm-hmm. do that. But that whole process, I think, is like great. I I think that going through that whole thing is a is a considerable amount of time. It is, but like very valuable. I it think, is there to know because you learn so many things from that. I will say this though: there is kind of an interesting intersect mm-hmm. of uh, what you what communities would traditionally be considered conservative and what communities would traditionally be considered liberal i think we've got a meshing right now and to to a certain point and i think when you rephrase any one thing like for instance um a more conservative side may believe in self-reliance sure and living off the grid right self-sustaining Personally responsible. Well, personally responsible is kind of like a buzzword. But But then on the liberal side, Mm -hmm. you have people who want to um, 
lower your your environmental footprint, mm-hmm. which requires oh. you to consume less from stores, oh, buzzwords, and and more, um, and really only eat what you're willing to kill, right? Uh, yes. See, I love that. I love that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, same thing with this concept of self reliance being very frugal, mm-hmm. right? There and and using what you have. And if you don't have it, then you go and you get it as least expensively as possible, which typically is secondhand, right? Then on the liberal side, what you have is people who are, again, environmentally trying to um, reduce, repurpose, reuse, right? Right. There there are so many... There is a a Venn diagram that exists here. Um, Because, I mean, like, look, just look at the email. If I go out and I were to take a hog, right, there are certain cuts that I want. Like I'm going to smoke bacon yeah. and I want the, the belly and I want the the, uh, the legs. I want to mm-hmm. do pork shoulder, whatever that I'm going to do with it. Right. But there are other parts that could turn into food for other people. Right. Right. That And then that becomes a direct to market thing. You know, you're reducing this like manufactured food type situation. Well, see, you this go is direct to somebody that could actually produce something so that this is can use. actually something that's interesting because you hear a lot of uh, liberals are anti-capitalist, right? Right. But in reality, the people who are living the most, the least capitalist are those who are trading things with their neighbors. And they're the most conservative. For, yeah. For and they're the bartering. Things that yeah, they yeah, are, yeah, yeah. They are raising, things right. that they're growing. They're most they're in are, touch with yeah. literally being connected to the environment that they're sustaining on. And honestly, I think that the only, like, obviously there are more differences, but if you were to take a kind of a hippie on the parentheses of the country, which is the East Coast and West Coast, and actually put them in the... Oh, they'd probably have a lot to get along with, actually. They'd, right. Yeah, they would yeah, be yeah. able to find a middle ground. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I actually think most people would enjoy the wide open spaces much more than oh, city totally. life. You know? Totally. So, uh, and I think we're seeing that, you know, people le- leaving metropolises. And, Welcome to Californians leaving California. <laughs> right. And and they're moving out to these other areas. Unfortunately, they're, they're making housing kind of They're trying to bring California to other states. Yeah. Right. It's like, don't. I, I don't have to apologize, but I'll just go ahead and apologize. <laughs> And when when people ask, which kills why, me all the time, by the way, keep going, keep going. But on the and, and this I'll, and this I'll make my statement. protection of people who want to uh, live in wide open spaces and be self sufficient is one of the reasons that uh, we are pro electoral college. Typically, that would go against. Now I'm getting majority political. vote. Yeah, now I'm getting yeah. political. But I do want to say that the electoral college protects all of those people who are opting to live a more sustainable life in wider open spaces with less population. Yeah, yeah. That 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 don't want to have the will of the masses um, forced right, upon them. Right. Yeah. But I think if you were to take some of these liberals and have them experience what it is living in, with people who are self-reliant right 
that they would have a much greater appreciation for what's trying to be preserved. And, and to be clear, this I'm isn't like... I'm proposing adopt a liberal. Right, right. <laughs> but, but this is like, let me be really clear. This isn't like adopt a vegan mm-hmm. and drag them into like where you take game and break it down, like that kind of thing. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. It's like people who have liberal tendencies of yeah. like society taking care of society kind yeah. of thing at the on the back of the taxpayer. You know the, what this demographic is? It's the demographic of if you go far enough left, you get your guns back. It, it, well, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's, that, that's that crazy picture that I post every time as it comes up on Facebook where it's the, the Canadian uh, politician that's just, that's saying, I just want, um, I, I just want people to grow, I, I want gay people to grow weed and protect their weed with guns. Mm. You know, like that stupid, it, it's totally just a, a sound clippy yeah. type comment. And this is not to say that I don't think that there are conservatives who are environmentalists. I think that there are definitely conservatives that are environmentalists just in their value. Well, no, it's it's a conservationist. Yeah. It, it, it's somebody who, appre- okay, so th- there's, where are we getting political? So, we're, we're not, though, because what we're saying is we're everybody is actually much closer together to well, where so moderates this is, are. This is where it's kind of political. So conservationism is the understanding of the gives and takes of the eco environment that you live in. There are predators and there are herbivores that are food for the predators. And there's a balancing act that you have to strive, like stride, right? Yeah. The reality is, is that because we are human beings that have track housing or just a house, we're stepping into that environment. Mm-hmm. And so there's a certain level of conservation that we all have to be a part of, whether we want to or not, or whether we want to admit to it or not, that we are intrinsically a part of. It is a system that we have added ourselves into. So here's my statement on California. So believe it or not, California was the last Wild West state. Yeah. And if people don't know this or not, uh, many of the game laws that we have on the books came from California. Many of all the things that we do with uh, game wardens and all that came from California. The conservation of natural life. Some of those uh, in large order that you have to deal with a day comes from that. And the, the idea is the conservation of the wild and striving a balance and how we, how we attain that, which is something that there should be people yeah. that do that as a job, that, that should be funded by the government, I think, to a point, um, to protect. Mm. Well, okay, hear me out. There, there's a value to somebody that isn't intrinsically involved with a capitalist machine, like a, a company, right? Like if Hormel was your um, game warden, well, okay, you know, like you know, that's that's kind of a difficult game to play. It's a balancing act, right? It really is. the The question is, is like, are we ready for a society where we don't have to have the the federal government or the government local stuff to handle that? I I don't know. I don't know either. But we can get yeah, this back is getting onto, deep politics. Onto, yeah, keep going. Uh, <laughs> onto Shane's point over here. 
<laughs> which is uh, that he says, we cook our venison steaks and chops more towards the rare side. This makes sense. This, that's how it's delicious. That's how you get the worms. <laughs> I'm kidding. No more than medium rare and find them to be more flavorful and tender that way. Because they're super lean. However, I know better than to tell people how they should cook their meat. If you like yours well done, shine on you crazy diamond. Uh, well done with ketchup. <laughs> Someone's yum. Oh, uh, there you go. That, see, that's Thank the you. best thing. That's yes. the best thing. Okay, so when I was talking about taking game meat uh-huh. and cooking it for a long time, I was specifically talking about stews. When right. it comes to red meat, I like it bloody. That is... Horribly bloody. Yeah. I will, Like a murder I go, scene bloody. I go rare. Yeah. Yeah. In, in almost... Like, yeah, just sear it. Just sear it for me on the that's outside. Our, that's always yeah. our, our favorite thing when we go to like a barbecue place and they're like, oh, we have tri-tip. And you're like, how rare can you get it? And you're like, medium? Uh, yeah. Can you just actually blowtorch it shortly? <laughs> just, Could you kill it my- in front of me and then just hit it with your butane torch? <laughs> I just want the Maillard reaction on the top, but I want it super I want rare it in the middle. crunchy. Not crunchy. Well, you can put the salt on it. You know, you gotta yeah. you gotta season <laughs> you it. Come so on, so salty today. <laughs> so salty. Okay. Shane says, I mentioned above. Most of my family makes roast out of the neck and shoulders. I prefer to slice them into cubes and can them along with the shanks and trimmings. During the years, yeah, but I- how long does that last if you can it? Great questions all around. <laughs> <laughs> During forever. It's just going to taste a little weird. During years, I have a bonus tag and good luck hunting. I will also can the hindquarters of the bonus deer. I understand that um, home canned uh, meats are actually a year. Home canners you're going to find are actually very careful and fastidious about their labeling. Mm -hmm. Because... You you want to properly rotate your stock. Oh yeah, you, I'm probably totally wrong on and, this. And you want to be actually very happy with the flavor that comes out of what you're canning. It's not ideal to can put all the effort in canning Again, something we're, we, and then waiting. We just got for done it to talking about delicious. like in that particular comment that I was making about like a, an apocalypse situation. If I'm opening a can and I can eat it and not die, I don't get botulism. That's a good day. Okay. We, we know how you're going to go in the apocalypse. <laughs> Food poisoning. <laughs> Botulism. So uh, Shane goes Leia's on to say. out there hoeing up a bunch of potatoes. Exactly. Like what's Josh doing? He's trying to open a can with a K-bar. We don't have. For some dinty more that's like 12 years old. We don't have can openers in an apocalyptic situation. They just no, disappear I'm, 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 or something. I'm painting or? a picture. I see. In my words. You painted something. I did. Canned venison is simple to make and very good in my opinion. You can serve it over noodles, rice, potatoes. It can be a starter for a stew or just combine with canned or fresh vegetables. I will even eat it cold out of the can with crackers. That sounds delicious. I I like, I like, I like that. I like that. Can you ship home canned venison? How... How, where do I need to go to get some? That sounds expenses? like once it crosses state borders, it becomes like a felony kind of thing. It's like, oh, it's, it's, I can't, can't be. It can't be. 
It's already canned. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Are Just you saying. afraid of home canned? No, food? not at all. I'm not. I'm, I think it's great. A few years ago, I did an experiment why you, why you me of canning some choice cuts of venison. I ate it side by side with a can of the lesser cuts. I could not tell the difference. Mm-hmm. This is this is what I'm saying, actually, about cooking game meats for a long time. Okay. If, if you have the parts that are particularly sinewy, mm-hmm. right, you can stew it, right, or cook it for a long time. That's kind of what canning does. It's almost like... Again, like going back to the pressure cooker, yeah, you know, it's discussion. a slow yeah. cooking. Kind well, it's, of it's not. Texture. It's like an an aggressive slow cooking. Well, the, but the texture is similar to slow cooking, and then because it breaks it down really grow. quick. Because I mean, yeah. it's under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Shane says to sum up to sum up some of my ramblings. Some may want to consider canning meat as part of their preps. It can help lessen your reliance on a freezer for longer term storage. Plus, it can save money with being able to make the less expensive, lower quality cuts better tasting and store meat long term without electricity costs or an extra freezer. This is a fantastic tip. It is. Totally agree. I I do feel that canning meat is not for beginners. Sure. I, I mean, we, we said that. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're going to go down the art of canning and it really is an art, it's an art and a science. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, canning meat, no brainer. I totally agree. I've seen some amazing uh, canned chicken recipes. I saw a chicken come out of a can. It looked horrible. No, not the... The it, TikTok chicken can? Yeah, I mean, that's industrial can, but home canned chicken is fantastic. because then you joke. can. Yeah, it was a joke. Okay. All right, so... Shane says, I am not allergic to bees. Shane, Katie, nine. Thank and you. JJ. Thank you, Shane. I, I, that's the information we need. And that's <laughs> Scout 75. Thank you, Shane. And with that wholesome Korean mass transit jingle, we come back for the second day of the podcast recording. I wonder if Korean mass transit is actually wholesome. You think so? Maybe? I don't, when I think of mass transit in the U.S., I do not think also. I don't either. Yeah. Okay. Well, continue on, Leia. This, fir- this, this first email. <laughs> of the day. Of the day. Is titled, To the Rescue. And it's from Doug. Leia and the bearded counterpart, Josh. Hmm. Greetings. Leia with a beard. <laughs> Greetings. First, let me say thanks for posting the link to my other pastime, nwart.org. This is the site for Nature's Way Animal Rescue. Mm. This is not my personal link, but the link to an organization I help organization mm-hmm. I help start and for which I am the communications officer. This was started back in 2002 when my sister-in-law joined a federal assistance team known as VMAT. This is a federal veterinary medical assistance team, hence the acronym. Two weeks after she joined, 9-11 happened. Oh, man. And she was deployed to New York City to aid the search and rescue dogs. Oh, wow. She came back a different person, driven to make a difference. Indiana, as well as most of the U.S., didn't have an animal didn't have animal issues written into their emergency response framework. And we put a team together consisting of fire, police, 
uh, heavy equipment operators, veterinarians, vet techs, and animal handlers to provide aid in the time of emergency. We have grown over the years and teach technical large animal rescue and decontamination all over the country. That's cool. That's amazing. I'm curious how radio plays into that. They've got to use radio. Does he get into that? Yeah, the dogs definitely use the radio. No, they actually put APRS transmitters on on dogs like that. Really? Of course, I'm assuming these dogs are are with a a handler. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I'm assuming these dogs are licensed. Oh, well, of course. (laughs) Yeah. They've got their own. If a dog can do it, why can't you? We have grown over the years. Oh, sorry. My focus is on communications, and we do have several hams on the team. Nice. We are now first responders for the state and train along with the fire departments and other first responders so that we are all on the same level. And we specialize in technical large animal rescue. That's that is Doug, cool. that's amazing. Yeah. I mean. Large animal rescue is like for horses and stuff, I guess. I mean, to save any animal in catastrophic situations, mm-hmm. I mean, you hear, obviously, everybody tries to save humans, but mm-hmm. there are these poor animals. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know? Like during a flood and stuff, animals are the ones that suffer really bad, particularly the domesticated ones, because they don't have a natural inclination to just get out of Dodge. But it looks like Doug also has a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. I will post that in the show cool. notes. Uh, He says, I am in the process of redoing it, so there's a lack of content at this point. I will be posting content. I'm in the process of redoing it, so there's a lack of content at this point. I will be posting content from POTA activations as well as product reviews, etc. shortly. Cool. Now, regarding Marvel. Oh, here we go. Don't roll your eyes. Okay. In the comics, my favorites are Scarlet Witch and Vision. But in the MCU... It's definitely Iron Man. You are correct, Doug. Those are all good choices. Yes. Done. Thanks for the show. Take care, Doug. KB8M. Thank you, Doug. Thank you so much, Doug. And great work saving animals. The next email is titled Grand Marnier. And this is from Greg. (laughs) I saved a couple of podcasts for my seven-hour drive back from vacation. Mm. Worked out well, but now I have a couple of responses that uh, that may have been forgotten. Okay. You guys were talking about how nobody drinks Grand Marnier, but will use it in mixed drinks. We're actually out of Grand Marnier. Yes. <laughs> and Joshua's trying to make these margaritas. Because we don't know how to make margaritas without Grand Marnier. Right. <laughs> and we had none. Greg continues, we have a local chain of brew pubs called Pub Dog. They have the walls lined with empty Grand Marnier bottles. Often people will buy a round and it's always Grand Marnier shots. Whoa. So at least one place does it. Ooh. Leah, you mentioned wanting to grow grapes next year to make your own wine. It takes a couple of years before grapevines produce. There's also a bunch of work involved in properly training the vines, apparently. Also, in cold weather, you have to set a fire near them, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) If you're France. Yes, most definitely. Mm -hmm. I think they had to do that in Argentina, too. Argentina? Wow. Big congrats to a different Greg for sneaking an email in between Rob and Nathan a couple of weeks ago. That's not an easy task. True. No, it is not. Mm-hmm. They are 
Strong collaborator. Maybe he's in on it. Maybe he's an apprentice producer. Oh. I didn't catch his name, but the guy with the SD card problem, (laughs) who was Nathan. (laughs) Yep. I bought an SD card from Micro Center to use in a Raspberry Pi. I found that it would not work in a Raspberry Pi 4. Mm. It could have worked in a slower version, but as soon as I burned a SanDisk card, it worked like a charm. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So there is data write speeds and read speeds that have to be considered. Sure. So what's funny is, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but every time somebody mentions Micro Center, Mm -hmm. I am reminded of when I was working with the contractor and he had a very thick accent. Mm -hmm. And every time he said, well, I need to go buy this computer part from Micro Center. (laughs) And I was like, I I had never heard of Micro Center at this point. Right. So I, I was like, my, do you want me to go get it? It's, mm-hmm. it's at Michael's. And he's like, yes, Michael Center. Yes, I needed to get some clay. <laughs> and I was like, I've never heard Michael's called a center before, but I'm not sure. I was like, you're talking about Michael's, <laughs> the place that has the fabric and the sewing machines? Yes. <laughs> and he's like, no, Michael Center. <laughs> they make the best SD cards. <laughs> To this day. And so finally, he was like, it's in this city. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where. And you just search. And I was like, and so I typed it in Michael Center. And he was like, Micro Center. You know what's one just, of my favorite things is when you tell a joke and crack yourself up. It's, I just, I want to laugh every time I see Micro Center. Mm. Yes, Michael Center. Michael Center. <laughs> Greg continues. <laughs> Leia, that family that always does the, look at this expensive thing I got. It's probably not for you. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Seem like wonderful people. <laughs> I had an acquaintance that did something similar we, he would find that someone bought a certain item and made sure to go out of his way to buy that same item. Oh, I hate that. But the higher priced version. Yeah, I, we grew up with people like that. Or it could just be a higher priced brand. It wasn't long before the friend group caught on to what he was doing. Anytime the rest of us saw him start this, we would call each other about it, about that specific model, and we'd research all about it. And find something that people didn't like about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was always the sole reason that we thought it was junk. <laughs> Eventually, he got out of acting like that. I Yeah, that's that's actually a that's really good smart. way of handling it without yeah. being like just... Because I would have just been like, dude, stop trying to be cool. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, I was going to buy that one. But people say it sucks because of this. Yeah. <laughs> How are you dealing with that terrible, catastrophic bug? (laughs) That feature that you didn't know about because you just (laughs) went, whatever is more money than this. Yes. Just keep talking about the the insecure (laughs) backdoor. What are we talking about exactly? (laughs) The backdoor exploit. (laughs) Okay. Again, what are we talking about? It's not getting better. Mm, No. (laughs) Okay. Josh, I hope that Huntsville goes as planned. I have a friend at one of the military bases down in Alabama 
that base is down to 40% manning due to the Rona. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't go as planned, at least the YouTubers will have a good time together. 73, Greg, and 3, GDS. Yeah, there's a ton of vendors that have pulled out at this point. There's nobody going anymore. I'm hoping that the flea market tables are still open. That's the primary reason I like to go to those things. Um, Also, the the thing to point out, though, is that as far as, like, Alabama goes with their numbers, the the county that Huntsville's in, which it may be Huntsville County, is uh, on the much better side. Of, of all the numbers. What does that mean? It makes it comparable to... Instead of just going vertical, mm-hmm. it's more of like a 45 degree angle. Oh, man. No, I, I think it's actually so comparable to like counties we're in, like that that level. They're actually not that bad. You're saying that Huntsville mm-hmm. is in a county that is equivalent to Los Angeles? No, like the growth rate, <clears throat> not the population, like the per capita numbers. The, the, our growth rate in which at the New beginning cases. of... At the beginning of July, we had 400 hospitalizations, and now we are at over 1,700 hospitalizations. Well, okay. <laughs> that growth rate? It's better than that. Oh, it is. So yeah. it's better than LA. Yeah. That's surprising. All right. Well, good on you, Huntsville. Thank you so much, Greg. Uh, Thank you, Greg. I am glad you figured out this SD card problem. Maybe that will be helpful Speed it to up. Nathan. All right. Next email is titled, Let's Go for Five Hours. Mm-mm. <laughs> this is from Fran. Leah and Josh, I've been listening to the podcast since October and have gone back and listened to all of them. Wow. There should be an award for that. That's prestiging. I call it yes. prestiging. <laughs> Your podcast, along with Josh's YouTube videos, those of the other YouTubers, W4EEY's free YouTube classes Mm. and Gordon West books have helped me earn my technician license in October, general in December, and I just passed my extra last week. Congratulations. Congratulations, Fran. You know, I think we might need an audio drop that's more celebratory. Don't you you think? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Instead of it just sounds like you got a phone call. When you got your ham license? Hey, those, those that know, know what that sound is. What is it? Oh, you're never going to explain. Okay. No kids. So I have the time that you don't, Leia. I love all the inside jokes. And as a 1X listener, I think I catch some things that the speed demons miss. Ah. I have two merch ideas. One, use the HRCC logo and license level stickers and make pop sockets for the back <gasps> of your cell phone. That's a that good idea. That is a great idea. It would be a great way to show support. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That hey, if we make that, a if yeah, we make we'll, a pop socket, you'll cool. get one. Yeah. Two, a t-shirt with a line Leia said in her early podcast. A brie, it's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> that is indeed something you said. Yes. <laughs> it's true. Your playful banter and variety of topics make time fly by during my 45-minute commute. I, too, am a huge Harry Potter fan and admitted Hufflepuff, who had a large black Labrador named Hagrid. Aww. Also, I commented on Josh's Instagram post about the circular receive antenna to tell you it's for Quidditch. Oh, yeah. That does make sense. Yeah, that's what we'll tell people. That's what Leia can tell people. Yes. To hide her shame. Now, to start a rabbit trail to get to the five-hour mark, if the Avengers went to Hogwarts, who would be in which house? Sorry, you'll miss your flight, Josh. (laughs) 
1973 Fran KC3QGE. Yeah, we didn't even mention it when I played the the delightful Korean uh, jingle, but things did not plan out for the recording of this podcast. It did not. So we started maybe one hour early than we normally do mm-hmm. on a Thursday. Right. Uh, my flight is at 8 a.m. So fun for my you. My Uber gets here at 5.30 a.m. So I will maybe get a couple of hours of sleep once all things are said and done <laughs> tonight. Which, hey, I'm flying to D.C., so I can just sleep for the six-hour flight. So yeah, and nice. you don't have to do all the posting tonight. You can actually do it in the morning. I don't have any time in the morning. Like when you're on the plane. Oh, just like copy it over and save it and then do the yeah the edits and uploads mm-hmm. and post? Yeah. Eh, I guess. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Sure. Okay, so what house? Uh, Captain America is an easy one. That's Gryffindor. Tony okay. Stark would be Slytherin. Okay. I mean, it, Loki is a Slytherin. Loki Slytherin. Oh my God, we can't go through the entire MCU. Oh, we're just going with the tops. I would go with the Avengers. Loki was not an Avenger. Okay. Uh, who else is an Avenger? Um, Doctor Black Strange. Widow. Black Widow. What would Black Widow be? Black Widow. 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 <laughs> Black Widow. Uh, I th- I'd say she's a Gryffindor. Don't you think? I mean... That or Ravenclaw? Does she show extreme intellect? Well, she's very cunning. Okay. Uh, Hawkeye's a Hufflepuff. Oh. Yes. Hot take. <laughs> okay. Um, who else is in Thor? What is Thor? Probably a Gryffindor. Really? Yeah. No. Hulk's easy. He's a Hufflepuff. Fair enough. Banner specifically. Bruce Not Banner. a Ravenclaw? Mm, he could be a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Yeah, he could be a Ravenclaw. Okay. Um, I don't know. Thor's, Thor's good as a Gryffindor. Why would he not be Gryffindor? Um, he's a little Hufflepuffly to me. Hufflepuffly. <laughs> Thor? Yeah, a little. He's, okay. always look, he's always looking for something, you know? Like his eye. <laughs> is that, are we good? Is I, that, I, I'm good. I, I don't know where you're drawn. I'm the definitely line. not trying to get to five hours. Okay. <laughs> so let's go on. Thank you. Thanks, Fran. Fran. All right. The next email is titled Musk. And mm-hmm. this is from Sarah. Mm-hmm. I love how many female hams have chimed in on this podcast. I do too. It brings me so much joy. Yes. One day it will be all female emails we're gonna do female emails (laughs) Uh, i really appreciate y'all trash talking musk you're so welcome no problem yes tune into our new podcast it starts right after this one (laughs) where we talk about all of the bad things elon musk has done (laughs) and the things that he has received stolen valor for (laughs) well i mean not not like a military stolen valor but sure sciencey stolen valor i guess yeah i mean i would you consider astronauts an arm of the military? No. Okay. Space Force, yes, but um, not NASA. Okay. I mean, they're adjacent in some ways, but sure. it doesn't matter. Would highly recommend the True Anon episodes on the history of Tesla, the lamest show on Earth miniseries. <laughs> they go into the whole Tesla Q movement and talk about not just how technically incompetent Tesla is, but how the company became too big to fail. BlackRock depends on Tesla. All of our 401ks depend on Tesla. What a nightmare. Look up Solar City. 
Just go look up Solar City. All right. Have fun. Let's hate on some more Elon Musk things. Maybe not. Not this time. Okay. I mean, it it. could be a whole podcast, really. (laughs) Just pick one of the things we can talk. Enjoy listening to the show, loyal 1.5x plus silence removal listeners. Oh. uh, Thanks, Pocket Casts. You know, there's a lot of people who have recommended Pocket Casts. I think that's what Sterling uses. Yeah. Uh, And that's 73 from Sarah. Thank you so much, Sarah. Sarah. We're with you on the evil musk hate. The next email is titled emergency flip phones and scoring that sweet free internet. And this is from Bunny, another female. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. Hi, Leah and Josh. This message is in response to Chris's email about keeping up a backup flip phone on hand. But before we get on the phone part, I just want to first share a couple of tales of quote unquote free internet at the turn of the millennium. Mm-hmm. About 20 years ago, I worked in a bookstore that was located inside an upscale mall. This mall had a brand spanking new Apple store. Oh, here we go. Which looked pretty much the same as they do now with yeah. the wide open floor plan and demo computers lined up along the walls that beckoned visitors to try them out. And of course, they all had unfettered access to the internet. Yep. On more than one occasion, I hopped onto one of the MacBooks to check my email or credit card balance in the middle of the day. I was certainly not the only mall employee to exploit this access. Were some of them spies? Maybe, but you can bet your butts that a good portion of people hanging out at those stores are just there for the free internet. These days, I am mortified at the thought of accessing any of my personal accounts on a public computer. I was just thinking that. But at least I was smart enough to clear the cache and the browser history when finished. I was smart enough to just steal it. Perhaps more nefarious is how I abused the open Wi-Fi network that was being broadcast by the LensCrafter store (laughs) next to the bookstore. I was still working there when World of Warcraft went online and I would bring my laptop to work so I could pilfer the unsecured Wi-Fi to play WoW on my break. That's awesome. Lag was definitely an issue, to say the least. I'm not proud of these actions, for the record, but thought they were amusing enough to share. Now, I don't understand how you play WoW on a break. (laughs) Because you start playing WoW, and then the hours disappear. (laughs) And it was dark when I looked up from the raid that I went on. They closed... They closed the mall and she's still in there in the middle of a raid. And before I knew it, I was locked in. Leroy Jenkins. (laughs) That's how like a zombie movie starts. And I was locked into the mall. It was a good thing, though, because then the zombie invasion happened. (laughs) I'm happy to report that Chris is not the only correspondent who has a backup flip phone. Mine is not a burner, but instead it is on a very cheap contract with a carrier that is different from the carrier I use for my smartphone. Which is very smart. I have two phones on this account, and I've given the second phone to my mother. These phones have come in handy on a number of occasions, most frequently when our smartphones eventually fail, as they tend to do suddenly and unexpectedly at the end of their lifespans. Mm -hmm. Another benefit is when one carrier network goes down, the other carrier network is usually still operational. This is not always true, as many carriers now share the same towers, but it has worked out well for us in the past. That's a really good idea. It is a good idea. Yeah. Very smart. 
For Christmas this past year, I gifted my mother a Baofeng and a list of her local repeaters. She is well aware that she is not allowed to do more than listen without a license, but I wanted to make sure she had one in case of a real emergency. Good. She lives in South Florida, roughly 700 miles away from me, where most people are accustomed to hunkering down during hurricanes rather than evacuating as they probably should. There is some very good repeaters in Florida. Very good repeater networks too. So look into that. You may want to just program them. Oh, that's a good idea. I have faith that we'll make it happen. If any nice Elmers, preferably single and of retirement age, are down in that area and interested in helping her out, please touch base with me on the Discord channel. Whoa. Wink, wink. This is turning into only hands. (laughs) 73 Bunny K-O-4-R-Y-T. Wonderful email, Bunny. Thank you. Bunny, I hope that this email results in a love match. And ham. Could you imagine being a female ham in such a target rich environment? (laughs) I can't even imagine. You're just going to have hams knocking down your door to offer you a license. I brought you a bushel of (laughs) Baofengs. All the Baofengs. Not any tones or or Yesu. Well, I mean, they already had like 18 of them, so they just, you know, boxed them. Right, right. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but did they actually make it look like a bouquet? When I did that when I did the wedding. Remember that? No. I got a picture of um, a wedding bouquet, uh-huh. and then I cut all the flowers off of it, and then I put like halves of HTs <laughs> sticking out of it. <laughs> so when we romantic. did uh, Marty and uh, Rose's wedding so at the HRO. Yes, yeah. Put that on the list of things that I've done. <laughs> Live streamed a wedding at an HRO. I don't think many people could say they've done that. <laughs> Married via ham radio. Yes. Yeah. Over, we use the, the radios as the PA system. Everybody turned their radios on to Simplex, and that's how we did it. It was awesome. Very I'm pouring cute. wine, just so if you can hear that, I don't know. CW and marriage counseling. Mm. Oh, <laughs> this is from Matt. Hello again, Josh and Leia. I got a laugh out of this and thought you might as well. My wife and I had our regular Zoom session with our marriage therapist this week, just a couple of days after an all-day soda summit. The therapist, we'll call her Sarah, asked me to paraphrase my feelings about our communication, and I naturally started drawing parallels to making QSOs using CW. Uh, it's about a, it's, it's about a 5.5, five. even <laughs> for a 5.9, but... I told her about propagation, being on the correct band and frequency, having and tuning your antenna, and what would happen if we weren't on the same frequency, all within the context of marriage comms. Interesting. Mm. The more I described how amateur radio worked, the more notes Sarah took, and the more questions she had. My YL, however, was on to me like a cheap suit. She stopped me mid-sentence and started to explain to Sarah that I was really talking about soda and specifically Morse code. The longer I went on, the more interested Sarah was and the louder my YL laughed. By the end of the session, I had Sarah convinced we could co-author a book on radio communications and marriage relationships. It's actually not that bad of an idea. It's a great idea. Yeah, I, you know, I want to hear more about this, Matt. Because I'm assuming like a lot of dude hams are pretty like, maybe not the most in tune with their emotions and and having good communication. But if you like couched it in the way of talking about radio, that would be funny. You know what Mm. I mean? 
Yeah. So here's my incomplete merch idea. Improve your communication, improve your marriage, learn the code HRCC. <laughs> that, you know what? It sounds like that could actually be the taglines for your book, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Regards, Matt. A call sign withheld at this time. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank That's you, Matt. a fantastic experience you had with Ham Radio during a marriage counseling session. And now Sarah has her technician license. Amazing. And she's giving therapy over the repeater for all the lids. (laughs) Why is it only lids? Because they're the ones that are causing all the problems. Oh, yes. Uh, Tell me about your mother, Randall. Oh, Randall's a real lid, huh? Over 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 the repeater, though. Yes, I, I'm, really very I'm, I'm personal really over the repeater. I'm really trying to just drag out this like massive HIPAA violation that we're t- <laughs> created. Bunny's back. Mm. Car hacking. Bunny's back. Uh, Ding already got a DM uh, in Discord. <laughs> we're going out <laughs> on Saturday. Bunny says, hello again. I should probably get into the habit of finishing an episode before writing any emails, as this is the second time I've jumped the gun and ended up writing twice. Sorry about that. No worries, Bunny, because it looks like what you're about to provide is going to blow everyone's mind. Okay. Hopefully this one isn't too late to make it into this week's episode as you have a different recording schedule with the upcoming ham fest yes anywho leah mentioned me by name in regards to don's email about car hacking Uh, i did yes because she is our hacking email correspondent thank you leah i'm very flattered coincidentally i have been thinking a lot about this after don's initial email in the previous week Hacking the infotainment computer system in a car is not uncommon. The most common method to hack the Android auto um, auto interface to install custom applications that were never intended to be installed on the car. This requires only a little bit of hacking slash programming capability. And there are many videos on YouTube if you search for customize Android auto. Auto. Mm-hmm. Most of the methods I found require you to root your phone. Yeah. So keep that caveat in mind if anyone decide. So keep that caveat in mind if anyone decides to go down this rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the newest vehicle I own is a 2008, and it does not have an infotainment system. So I don't currently have a platform to play around with to figure out how, perhaps an an APRS Android application might be able to leverage the car's internet connection. I'm thinking about buying one of the new Nissan Zs next year when they're available. So maybe I'll be able to hack my new toy then and let you guys know. But I digress. I think Don's idea is totally plausible, just maybe in a slightly different way than he originally imagined. Kind of, sort of. So if you're still in the Android space, then you're only ever going to be able to run Android apps, which could get you APRS Droid, which could work. But again, you still have the problem of being able to control the Wi-Fi. And again, it's not a radio that transmits on two meters or 70 centimeters. It transmits at 2.4 gigahertz or or 5 gigahertz. It's never going to work for APRS. Okay. I mean, you could pick a frequency if you had that level of control, which I don't even know how you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe the Android app can connect to that device and, and control it 
please I, please don't buy a smart car to figure this out please no yeah and and <laughs> I, I don't even know that it's going to do frequency modulation mm, so okay, it, there's okay. there's just too many variables to to really get a hold of um i'm not saying it's not possible but i'm not very confident that it's plausible maybe not in the way that you're imagining i think is what bunny is saying well, i don't bunny know i can imagine off. a lot of ways Okay. Well, Bunny signs off. 73 Bunny. P.S. Thanks, Bunny. Zojirushi also makes a fantastic drip coffee maker. And uh, thermos cups. Their traveler cups are great. I keep a five cup model down at my mother's house to use whenever I visit her. And it always surprises me with the quality of the cup it produces. Mm -hmm. The only downside is that it doesn't play music. Oh, (laughs) it's dead to me. (laughs) I only want music playing Zojirushi. That's it. Only KK slider sounds for me. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, Don uh, emails in in this next email with a, mer- a merch idea. Hi, Le- Josh and Leia. I have another merch idea. HRCC and Morse code, but use HTs as the dashes and mobile de- mobile slash desktop as the dots. That's cute. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. If we end up making it done, you will get one. The next email is titled Picks and Don's Question. And this is from Russ. Mm. I received my 1X crew shirt. Woot. Now he feels as invisible as Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. That's interesting. That's a little. Wow reference. Yeah, another one. <laughs> Don, I was asking in the last two weeks. Oh, Don was asking in the last two weeks about connected autos. I feel he was asking about the possibility of using the Wi-Fi connection to interface something like a PRS for GPS coordinates to allow him to pack it out AX.25 packets on VHF, provided he has VHF. If I'm understanding correctly, he just wants the automotive technology to interface his gear to his wife's car provided the Wi-Fi interface would allow other than telecom devices. I don't see why a Pi wouldn't work. I don't think that's what it was. But if it was, here's my recommendation for everybody that is curious about this and Don yourself, please join the Discord and go to the HRCC podcast chat and have this discussion. Because for the last week, we've been talking about that stupid airplane on that trip. <laughs> uh, so I, I would love to discuss this further in a, in a more... Um, immediate uh, call and response type of uh, uh, communication medium. Workshop that, it. Workshop it. Yeah, go, go go get on the Discord and let's talk about this because maybe I'm completely misunderstanding your requirements, but mm-hmm. when you throw things around like, ras- like he said, like a Raspberry Pi, not I want to connect my Raspberry Pi, mm. right? But if Specifically. You, yeah, sure. That's, I'm, I'm, I was, I, he, he emailed twice on this, I'm pretty sure. So I'm, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty dialed in. Okay. But... It, it says, this is a good discussion to see how far down the rabbit hole we could possibly get. So again, plugging the Discord. Please join us on the Discord to continue this conversation. There is this most adorable picture that Russ has provided of his kid cuddled up under the One X Crew shirt. Aww. And I love it. That's cool. Russ we'll continues. Post that. We'll post that in the podcast chat. I hope to see any available new Englandish hams that are unable to... Ad- and Huntsville, Huntsville. Mm-hmm. Nate, I hope to be there with my mini me at 70. Oh, 
uh, 7.30ish, dealing with an automotive issue with my Mini-Me's car. 73 degrees. Russ KC5 <laughs> CNT. I am uh, very excited. I was driving to work. I don't know if I mentioned this yesterday. I think I might have. But I'm very excited that the um, TRW swap meet is coming back. Ooh. End of the month. You do like that swap meet. I do. It has lots of great things. Well, not really. Well, that's where we got our, our bike trailer. You know what? That's a perfect analogy. It, it doesn't have a lot of ham radio. <laughs> uh, it had the portable wind tunnel that I've talked about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it had the, the bike trailer that we really didn't use enough when the kids were a bit smaller. I just think it's still sitting up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a good deal. There are good deals there. Mm-hmm. But I'm just excited to be able to have a ham fest again. All right. Local, well, local. Don actually uh, pops in again with an email titled Apologies and Reset. Howdy, Josh and Leah. Let me first apologize for not including my call sign in the last two emails. Don is KE5DX, the RF field. We tech. already forwarded yeah. your email to the FCC, Don. <laughs> I'm sorry. And no information in the last HRCC merch idea using the HTs and a mobile base station's Morse code. With my busy schedule as chaplain of the American Legion, mm. worship leader at my church, Whoa. working full time with a cell phone company, and trying to produce videos for my YouTube channel. Keep an eye out for my next video with a huge request to hunt RFI without turning off power or unplugging anything. Sorry, Josh. This is something that can be done. No. I will make sure that Josh sees this video. (laughs) It's not, there's no faster way than to just go circuit by circuit. It's just so effective. The reset bunny uh, put a challenge Mm. to Josh to come up with an idea for the hack convention in Las Vegas was the prompt for the connected car idea. Oh, so it was really a reference for bunny. (laughs) My idea should have been proposed as using the car's hotspot slash Bluetooth function and GPS for APRS. Hack was most likely not the correct word to use here. As far as the frequencies, they would be 700, 850, 1900, 2100, and 2300 megahertz Mm -hmm. for the mobile connection. Right. And I know they are outside of the ham bands. Yeah. So, could you use the Bluetooth and GPS for APRS? No. (laughs) (laughs) Don signs off. Again, they're not FM. Okay. Right? I mean, you'd have to like uh, SDR them. Right, but I don't think their function is SDRs. These are discrete component devices that do a singular function, right? They do Bluetooth. They do cell phone things. So they're like on CDMA or something. CDMA. That's not, that is not right. I am tired. <laughs> <laughs> and that is from Don, KE5DX, the RF field tech. Thanks so much, Don. Uh, and now that, I, now that I appreciate the context of this was like a, a hacking idea. And I, was, and I was right. I understood what he was saying exactly. I Excellent. just didn't put two and two together that this was the DEF CON idea. Would you like to go to Vegas for DEF CON? And to be honest, when I heard the I phrase DEF CON, I assumed it was about rap. <laughs> yeah. So you remember when you made your contact with BB? Yes. So BB goes to DEF CON. Mm. BB is a very like experimental radio dude. And he is a part of real, that community. Real cutting edge. And so he and I have talked about DEF CON a lot uh, mm-hmm. on the repeater. So when he goes to DEF CON, he leaves most of his personal electronics at home and brings a burner phone. 
because that whole place turns into like hacker central and everybody is getting their like identities thieved really i mean it's that's a little I'm, I'm being a little hyperbolic when i say that but yeah no they have things set up like to to get onto your phone and get access to your info like there are people script kidding the hell out of that place why why would you want to go to such a trap <laughs> oh because it's a lot of fun um for sure and there is a ham radio like uh area specifically for ham radio I was asked to do a talk. It was just like the week before that I was asked and it just didn't work out schedule wise, which I was bummed out about. If I had more notice, I, I would um, have, have done one. There is a show on Amazon Prime that is about an afterlife. Essentially, you are your consciousness is downloaded and the more money you have, the more uh, vivid of a life you have in the afterlife and the so you less, have a potato afterlife you're on a 56k modem if you if you don't have money so it, you run out of data and then you're frozen until the next month wow yeah what was it called i don't remember oh wow what a what a build-up i'm on gonna i'm gonna look for it but one of the things they do is that they figure out how to get into this i remember you telling me about this this backdoor hacker world uh, Again, what are we talking about? On on this, no, <laughs> on the <this> show. <laughs> Joked about the referencing the back door, and it's all of these. It, you go through, and it's just people selling different exploits, right? Right, right, right. The, <laughs> and that's what I imagine DefCon to be—just <laughs> a bunch of people <laughs> trying to make software-based exploits. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Don. It was an afterlife, was it? Oh, uh, well, maybe. I don't. I don't remember. Was the Ricky name Gervais it. in it? No. Okay, it's different. I don't know. I don't remember. I'll I'll figure it out. I'll I'll pop it in the sh the sh probably not the show notes, but <laughs> <laughs> in the Discord. I'll something. remember sometime next week. Yeah. <laughs> the next email is titled "T-shirts idea and a book that features ham radio and prepping." Oh. And this is from Jerome. Hey, podcast people. I've Hello. been working on catching up on the podcast since the birth of our twin boys. Congratulations. And you know, listening... a podcast is good for that, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Put the earbuds in. Yeah. Rock the baby to sleep and then just sit there. Don't move because the baby will wake up. And listening to you guys talk about prepping reminded me of a book I read a while back. It is aimed at youth, mid-teens, I believe, and it features ham radio in it. I believe it may have been my first introduction to ham radio. The book is called The Rule of Three by Eric Walters. Mm. It, in everything in the world, has a computer... <laughs> in the, uh, that has a computer, gets corrupted with a virus, and shuts down. This is Y2K, the novel. Only old analog technology works. All infrastructure is broken. This is the John Teeter story. The character has a neighbor that is a ham and also has some military or spy background. And he uses his skills to organize the community for their survival. The part that reminded me of this book is when you talked about having a pool filter for your preps because they use pool filtration and chemicals as a reservoir of water for their survival. Mm-hmm. Totally makes sense. Yep. 
I thought this could be an interesting read for your boys once they get a big a bit older. Weapons are used in the book or for other listeners who may have kids that they would like to have more involved or invested in preps and ham radio. Edison's ready right now for that. That's that's a great idea. When you're a spy, you have yes. a pool filter. <laughs> And you use it for water. And yeah. Th- when that show came out, Burn Notice. Yes. You latched on so hard to that ridiculous narration that he would do through it. When you're a spy. <laughs> like every episode he would do that. It was like, oh my God. It I, so think I, went, I think I went around saying, when you're a spy, you make sure to do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bruce Campbell was in that. That yes. was probably the, the highlight of the whole thing. <laughs> Anything Bruce Campbell's in is great. Well, you know, okay. I, Most things. I watched Burn Notice and White Collar, and I think for a while you were confused between the two. No. <laughs> when you're a spy, you make sure to take oh, out the trash. because White Collar does that narration thing too, doesn't he? I'm not sure. I don't remember. Yeah, that's so long ago. That's got that guy you like in it, though. Uh, Matt Bomer, who I think would make an excellent Superman. He would. I know. But you didn't watch his uh, show on Netflix that he did. What show? About the serial killers. What serial killers? He's got like a, he, a very popular show on Netflix. I tried to get you to watch it and you're like, is that Matt Bomer? And I'm like, yeah, it's super serial. It's super serious. <laughs> very <Super> serial. <laughs> very serious. That was on purpose. I said I'm super in. Serial. Dude, I'm telling you. Yes. I, I don't know why. I'll watch you, it while I, you're gone. <laughs> do it. I didn't Just watch kidding. it because you were like, I'm not going to watch that. I'm like, why? I think I wasn't in the mood for killing movies at that time i really have to be in the mood he's more of an investigator it's not like a a slasher thing i know but i really have to be in the mood for serial killer stuff Mm. because in the wrong mood it really makes me paranoid (laughs) (laughs) okay on to the t-shirt idea using the acronym shtf and making it ham radio related such as shortwave heads the farthest Mm. Send high transmission frequency. Skywave hits the F layer. Send help through frequencies. Mm-hmm. Super ham transmits frequencies. Stop hitting the PTT. Yeah. <laughs> and that's from Jerome VA3JKW. PS, one for the UV5R. Spurious harmonics takes the filter. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty good. PPS. <laughs> oh, I, I would, said PPT. It's not an F. I forgot it was an F. Yes. Uh, PPS would love to hear more on using radio in search and rescue disasters. I volunteer in my local SAR. PPPS, <laughs> you should get tall size shirts. Is that a thing? I, I, I can work on that. Um, I am not sure. That's it's. I don't know that our production partner has those Mm. tall shirts, but I can request them and uh, see if anybody else uh, carries the tall shirts. Um, Yes, I actually also want to hear more about radio and search and rescue and disasters. I find those ham radio stories the most interesting. There's a lot of news articles on that. They are riveting. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for your email, Jerome, and the and the SHTF shirt ideas. Yeah, SHTF, not P. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have to think about that one. It's good, though. Good idea. 
The next email is titled Required Email and a Warning. Oh. This is from Nathan. Uh Hello, Josh and Leah. I'm just sending this quick email to have an email on each podcast. I will be at HamFest in Massachusetts this Sunday, the 22nd. I will be wearing an HRCC Ham Tactical shirt. HRCC represents. That's awesome. Thank you for doing that. Your Victor Tango buddy, K1MAZ, Nathan, P.S., I hope you recorded when you said you would record, and I know I will not be the last email. So whomever gets it, congratulations. Your glory shall last a mere week. I shall return with a vengeance. Take warning and flee. Nothing went to plan, Nathan. We'll see where you line up today. (laughs) All right. Nothing happened the way it should have, Nathan. I'm very tired. Hey, you have fun at your ham fest. And I, I hope I'm, I'm showing up immunocompromised. No, I'm talking to Nathan. Okay, oh. to Nathan. The way you looked at me, yeah. you, like, you, you jutted your face at me when you started. Jutting it. <laughs> the next email is titled Tolerances, and this is from Charlie. Leia, don't be embarrassed about not being able to pack them away like you used to. Seriously, though, she used to be able to. I'm only a few years younger than you, and all my drinking life, I've had the nickname One Beer Beerworth. <laughs> because his last name is Beerworth, right? <laughs> Which so, is funny because that, we, as we've talked about before, a Beerworth is like a, someone in the beer business. Yes. Mm-hmm. As, uh, a, as a classic surname. I'm not a small guy, so it's always been flabbergasting to my friends how I am such a lightweight, even after just one beer. My last name is literally German for bartender. Yeah. And I homebrew, yet after just two of my own beers, I'm feeling about what most people feel with three or four. One advantage is that cases of beers last longer in the house, and when we go out, I am one of the cheapest dates around. Another advantage, when he homebrews, he um, exclusively uses Nalgene bottles as carboys. (laughs) What? (laughs) Because he doesn't need all that beer. Josh, yes. thank you for enlightening me with your uplifting insight. My apologies for misunderstanding the parameters of the question. I have fun in Huntsville. I'm not sure what this is in reference yeah, to. Yeah, so. sometimes you need to give us context. I apologize. Yeah, and I want to say that uh, Charlie is actually the one who provided us with the delightful Korean rail. Yes. Yes. Um... And that is a beautiful tone that we've already been using. We really like it. I'm not sure what that's in reference to. I'm sorry, Charlie. Well, if I was a jerk, I apologize. <laughs> As always. <laughs> As always. Let me just go ahead and get right in there up front. I apologize for being me. <laughs> As always, thanks to the two of you for what you do and inviting all of us, 1X listeners, into your lives for three to four hours per week. It really is a good listen. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. That's very nice. Charlie signs off 73 Charlie KI5 KBN. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I I like the way you're thinking about it. It's it's a bright side. Your beer goes much further. Yeah. The next email is titled Ring Nebula. Mm. And this is from the illustrious volunteer podcast co-producer who also sent us that delicious barbecue sauce. Yeah. I really like the white sauce. That was my yes. jam. Yeah. I cooked something with the white sauce. I didn't really barbecue with it. I actually you did. literally cooked skinless chicken breast. I do. I and the sauce made it. Yes. <coughs> made it tolerable. 
yeah. I don't have a, bra- a problem eating boiled skinless chicken breast. I actually quite like it mm-hmm. if, if what I'm boiling it in or poaching it in is well seasoned. Uh, but you do not like it. No. <laughs> and I ended up grilling up uh, thinly sliced chicken breast, not thinly sliced, but hammered out uh, chicken breast. And mm-hmm. I put the white sauce mm-hmm. that was good. Rob sent and it was fantastic. Yeah, it's a really good balance. I am confused at how a white sauce is as tangy as a regular barbecue sauce. It has vinegar in it. But continues to look so creamy. It has mayo in it. Mayo doesn't curdle? So literally the guy that that barbecue sauce came from has a a video on YouTube where he just straight up tells you how to make it. Oh. No no secret recipe like, here you go. It's like five ingredients. That's an award-winning yeah, it's really white good. sauce too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Only it's, five it's, ingredients? Mm, I think there's a little bit more spices, but it's literally like mayo, mm-hmm. lemon juice, okay, vinegar, a lot of black pepper, All right. and something else, I think. But yeah, it's it's very easy to make it, and it's it's very good. Yeah, Well-balanced. It's, it's, uh, and it, it goes well with chicken. It, it goes really well it with does. chicken. Yeah. yeah. And they literally, if you go, so I may have it. I don't know if we've got the time. They pull the the chickens off the barbecue and then they dunk it in a, like a a vat of this white sauce. Oh. Dunk it, dredge it in there and then pawn the plate and then it goes out to you. That sounds delicious. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very good. Well, Rob writes in with the title Ring Nebula. Mm. Hi, Leah and Josh. Last week, Josh mentioned his interest in astronomy and the Ring Nebula. Attached is an image taken of the Ring Nebula a few years ago. There are many sharper images of the nebula, but what makes this one special is the person who took it. Wycliffe Hoffler is now 87 years old. Wyke grew up as a farm boy who loved astronomy. He ground by hand a four-inch mirror for his reflector telescope at a young age. Later, he attended the University of Carolina, where he pursued another interest, medicine. After graduating from the UNC Medical School and finishing his internship, Wyke served as the U.S. Um, Army served in the U.S. Medical Army Corps as a battalion surgeon in Germany when the Berlin Wall was being erected and the United States-Soviet tensions heightened. At that time, the space race was heating up, and he had an interest in serving as a doctor at NASA. Mm. He went through specialty training in aerospace medicine and became a NASA physician before the Apollo missions began. He was on a team of doctors who examined the astronauts several times before their flights, then deployed to the recovery ship to perform post-flight physicals immediately after splashdown. Mm -hmm. They monitored the crews until each man returned to his pre-flight baseline levels. Hoffler was not assigned a role for Apollo 13, so he joined some NASA friends on the roof of the NASA building one night to follow the Apollo 13 journey to the moon through a 16-inch Cassegrain telescope. That is cool. One friend installed an image orthicon intensifier on the telescope so that the image was displayed on a black-and-white CRT television instead of through the eyepiece. The device was set to integrate light received every 10 seconds and then display it on the monitor until the next 10-second integration appeared. 
Today, many amateur astronomers observe on a monitor instead of through an eyepiece, but that was unheard of 50 years ago. That's pretty cool. The monitor showed many stars that night, but also two distinct spots on the screen. The dimmer one was the Apollo 13 spacecraft, and the brighter one was the larger third stage of the Saturn V booster, which traveled to the moon, a safe distance away from the spacecraft. Their movements were synchronized on the monitor and different from the stars. Suddenly, they saw a cloud emerge around the dimmer spot. Wow. The cloud grew and then disappeared after a few minutes. At the time, they had no idea what it was. Yeah. Later, they learned about the Apollo 13 explosion mm -hmm. and the realized they had seen the cloud of oxygen wow. as it escaped into space. That is fascinating. That is, that is a great, I, I, love, I love these emails. They were recording when the episode occurred and had images to verify their story. Mm. There is only one other observatory who reported seeing the Apollo 13 incident. Wow. I have to give a shout out. I've mentioned uh, Thunderfoot, I think, before mm -hmm. on the podcast. Yes. He did a multi-part series in talking about the Apollo 13 disaster. It is very insightful. It's really, really cool. So if, if you can look him up on yeah. uh, YouTube and go go watch the uh, the Apollo 13 videos. They're really, really good. A lot of fun. Wyke continued his amateur astronomy hobby and now uh, enjoys astrophotography. He sent me this 2009 image processed from several four-minute exposures, and I thought you would enjoy it and his history. I do. Now, I love Rob, it. Rob, you can... I love it. You are so well-researched, and you tell the story in such a compelling way. Mm -hmm. But still very like matter-of-factly, right? Because it's yes. still an email, so it's still yeah. succinct. Like so much well better done. than Ken Burns, you know? I well, just, I haven't, we haven't heard him talk. <laughs> we'll have him do an audio podcast. With yes. him. We'll give him a call. And we'll we'll yes. have him. Which is going to be tough though in podcasts because I won't have to, I won't have the ability to have a picture that slightly like moves to the right and gets closer to you. Right. Oh, true. For anybody who doesn't know what that is, there's actually an effect called the Ken Burns effect <laughs> where when you make a video and you put a picture up, just a picture that's static is boring. Right. So they found that if you slightly zoom in on the picture while someone's talking and, and zhuzh it to the right or the left <laughs> a little bit, that became Ken Burns. So when I open my editor and I've got an image and it's like, this is just boring sitting here, I can click that button and it'll it'll do it for me. It'll Ken Burns your it'll photo. It'll Ken Burns the image. You can do it with video, too. You can Ken Burns a video. Fantastic. Yeah. Wonderful. Rob says, Josh, I hope you have a wonderful uh, trip to Huntsville. Thanks for all the effort you put into helping us with this hobby. Good luck getting those ribs back to Leia. Yes, you need some good luck I, to get ribs back to Leia. I packed light, man. I'm, I'm at the lightest I've ever been with my pack. That's perfect because I don't more have room. room for ribs. I don't have room for ribs. I packed more clothes, so a little bit bulkier in my bag, but I figured clothes are good. Leave the clothes, bring the ribs. <laughs> You're already <laughs> on your way home. This is some Godfather reference. <laughs> Did you know that was a reference to the Godfather? When you just said the that? cannoli? Yeah. yeah. Leave the gun, bring yeah. the cannoli? Yeah. 73, Rob, KI5GFL. Thank you, Rob. Always a pleasure. It's a pleasure. The next email is titled, T-shirt ideas for ham radio stewardship. And this is from Jerome. Oh, this is a good idea. I don't even know what it is yet, but I like it. 
just was listening to you guys talk about ham radio stewardship and had an idea. What about a t-shirt that explains what you're doing with your radio on the back of the shirt? See, now you don't even need a flyer. You just wear it on your back. Something like, I'm operating an amateur radio using radio waves to communicate with people around the world. Done. Maybe with a diagram showing RF bouncing off the ionosphere. And at the bottom, see HRCC YouTube for more information. I. (laughs) Jerome, you're you're getting a shirt. We're we're making that. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jerome. And that's Jerome VA3JKW. I love that idea. That well is done. a fantastic idea. So you can just wear the shirt. Yeah. And it's got things on the back. I'm uh-huh. talking. I'm using radio frequency technology. The flyer will be on your back. Which is a good challenge, too, because it, it needs to be large enough font that people can read it without being a weirdo. Yeah. And it has to be succinct enough that you get the point across. But then I also really like the ionosphere bouncing the RF uh-huh. off of it. I love it. I love it. Yes. Okay. That's great. The next email is titled, Watch That First Drop. And this is from Doug. Dear Josh and Leia, while listening to the 891 versus Shegu episode, you read an email from the other Doug regarding operating on a train. Toda, hmm, setting up on the roof could be problematic and even hazardous to your health, especially with regards to mountain tunnels. Yeah. I'm picturing Wiley e. Coyote and an Acme antenna. <laughs> I know I'm dating myself with regards to Looney Tunes. I would imagine this would also prove detrimental to vertical antennas. Our kids love Looney Tunes. They think Wiley e. Coyote and Those are my the Roadrunner. <laughs> they think they're so funny. <laughs> my parents and people would just buy me the like the VHS tapes that just had only Roadrunner and Coyote cartoons. Yeah. And I would just watch them because of all the crazy contraptions yes, that Coyote made. Yes. That was I just loved it. I loved it. So when Ben first watched that, the first thing he did was come tell me about the inventions. Yeah. That one, he was like, and then he put this and this together, but it didn't work. Yeah. And he's only going back to this Acme company. <laughs> I feel like he should make a complaint with the Better yeah. Business Bureau at this point. Yeah, Ben's a real Karen. Yeah. I'm going to talk to their manager. That also got me thinking, you were talking about the trains at Disneyland. What about a coda or coasters on the air? Imagine getting on a roller coaster and operating mobile while the car makes its way up to the top of the first hill. Elevation initially won't be a problem. (laughs) Granted, operating times will be short-lived, but therein lies the challenge. How many contacts can you make before that first drop? (laughs) No, you could... um... You could you could make something like that work. Obviously, we're not doing HF with that, but VHF could work. Because right. you put like an earpiece in. Well, Doug signs off. Be well, 73, Doug, KB8M. Mm, good shirt idea. What? <laughs> what? I'm still thinking about that shirt. <laughs> we're talking about Coda right now. I like that too, but. There is, you know, we're, we have uh, annual passes to Knott's Berry Farm. And there is one coaster that takes forever to get you to the top. You know what I'm talking about? I think it's hang time. Is it hang time? Where is it the one you're you're on the sides and they and it spins? No, it's the one where you go straight up, and it takes forever to take you straight up, and then you go over a hump. Oh, that's where it rolls over the top. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, it, it goes fast. 
but at first it's very slow. It really builds up so your anticipation. That is, uh, if I remember correctly, that roller coaster doesn't have a chest bar. It just has the lap bar. No, it has yeah. a chest bar. It no. does? Yes, it has a chest I bar. I don't know that it does. Yes, Are you sure? do. Anyway, yeah. so that ride is definitely the ride that you go on if you like to put your hands up. Because you just straight, like if you were not strapped in, you are gone. <laughs> I did that. I, I held my hands up and I was just floating there. <laughs> my butt was not on the seat for that whole hump. Like I could just imagine somebody just getting ejected off of that thing. Like no lie. <laughs> Because that transfer of momentum, right? You, yeah. you just you just yeet yourself right off the end of that thing. <laughs> but could you make a contact? <laughs> I you're up and out of that thing real fast. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't make a contact in enough time. Plus, that whole roller coaster is really short. That's a funny idea, Doug. Thank you. The next email is titled "I'm sorry, I got to clear this up." <laughs> <laughs> it's from Chris. Okay. I'm not some sort of elitist. I barely speak either of these languages, let alone proper English most days. But the pronunciation has got me got me mad enough that I feel it warrants an email. German. Eins. So this is great. So if it's not an audio clip. Maybe if I type it harder. Zwei. Drei. Vier. Fünf. Sechs. Zeben. This is you're killing it. Acht. Got it. Neun. Nine. It says nine. Okay. Oh, that's that's something Zen. else. And now French. Un, deux, trois, quatre, cinq, six, sept, huit, neuf, dix. Killed it. <laughs> Killed it. Totally nailed it. And so, just for fun, Esperanto. Uno, deux, tres, tri. Kvar, Kvin, Ses, Sep, Ok, Now, Deck. Thanks for humoring me. All the best, Chris, KF, Zero, BRS. I don't know if he was serious or not, but was it in phonetics? It, it, here, look at that. There you go. Does that help you? Now you read it. It's a bit go in ahead. phonetics. Go ahead, read it. No. No, please, please, no. please. I'll do the German ones. Okay, let me see. You are full of a mockery. <laughs> Eins. Sei. Sei. Drei. Vier. Fünf. Sechs. Sieben. Acht. Neun. And then sen, I think. There you go. All right. Nailed it. Let us know what you think, Chris. <laughs> or you could just record the audio and then send it to us and I could put it in the drop. Excellent. There you go. Ideas all around. By the way, that was just to him. I don't want to get five <laughs> emails of five people counting in different languages. Only if you do the remix. <laughs> oh, goodness. Unless you put it to a song. Right. Right. Then, uh -huh. okay. Then we can talk. The next email is titled APRS Connected Car Homeboy. Oh, <laughs> Again, please and go to the Discord Scott. to continue this conversation. Dear Don H, mm -hmm. all you can do with your connected car is treat it as a hotspot, just like your phone. You could also connect your RPI with an RTL SDR via Wi-Fi, and it could act as an eye gate. Or you could connect a Pi Star hotspot to your vehicle Wi-Fi and possibly communicate APRS digitally. I have no experience with either, but your vehicle cannot <laughs> act as an amateur radio. Scott, KN6, 
IHC. That is such a ham thing to do, by the way. <laughs> that is such a ham thing to do because he comes out so authorita- authoritatively speaking. And he's like, I haven't done this, by the way. <laughs> but he's right. He's totally right. And, and hams generally are like they read a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we know how to do it. We just might not have done it yet. But it's like we're very familiar with the technologies in this space. Right. Uh, by the way, I mentioned this. Uh, I did talk about all these things on that podcast. But yes, you are right. Such a ham thing, though. Like, <laughs> I've never done this, but that's the right answer. You should just do that. <laughs> Love it. Scott signs off. P.S. Substitute Maggie for Worcestershire. Get out of here. Bloody Caesar. It's the best. I believe it. Oh, that's. I'm going to try it. That sounds a, delicious. A bloody Caesar? What makes it a bloody Caesar? Um, I don't know. I could see doing Maggie though. I started think I thought I I thought you were going to the space of take the Maggie and put Worcestershire sauce on your rice, and I'm like, you get right out of here with that. <laughs> no, you went the wrong way. I totally went the wrong way. I yeah. am not operating at 100. I will say that again. But uh, a Maggie and Caesar instead of Worcestershire sauce that mm-hmm. could be that could be really good. All right. Yeah. So it's time for. You have now reached the last email. This is titled Modern Rogue Video. Wow. Nathan. <laughs> it dropped today. The first video dropped today. Nathan didn't even mean to, and he did it. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello again. I just watched your wonderful appearance on The Modern Rogue that just came out and had a t-shirt idea. Image. Uh, image. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Imagine. An image. <laughs> a burned out husk of a house. Flames still licking up from the wreckage. A ham radio tower stands resolute in the backyard. Text on the bottom. Unplug the iron for safety. <laughs> that is all. K1, M-A-Z. <laughs> that was a part in the video. Yeah. Did you watch it? Some of it. Because you had the volume, because you were doing something else at the time. Right. I've, I've been in orientation after orientation. So they have, a, um, they have a Weller pistol grip soldering iron, mm-hmm. which is generally for soldering big things. Like you wouldn't circuit board solder with that it's just too big which is great for what we were doing because it's all big wires pretty much but they have like a long-running tradition of of not really knowing how to solder and being relatively scared of the soldering iron um brian did a really good job though i kind of like explained what he was doing wrong with Mm -hmm. it because he was like he had it sideways like he you know gangsta glock shooting style yeah. with, the, with the soldering and i'm like that's no, how no, no, i no. do it you go right over the top of it and and put the chisel tip like right on what you want to solder <laughs> and then you make shoots of um and then when we were done I, I said okay now now unplug the soldering iron for safety and and uh <laughs> jason goes well it's like you've you've watched our videos before <laughs> something like that that was really fun that was a really fun shoot you always like going out to oh the it's, i could i could go out there and do all kinds of stuff with them yeah because that whole like modern rogue thing mm-hmm. really resonates with me like yes. i've got a whole bunch of that stuff crammed in my brain that i could do but i'm like the ham radio guy you know what i mean so it's like yeah you know it's 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 fun i really sure. like going out there okay they got a, a whole studio space that i could just ugh, so they're all set up now. It's crazy. You want to go? You want to get years. your own compound? And that was owned a, by a cult. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I want. I want used cult property. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty. with the sacrificial pit in the back. Thank there's, you. I mean, I, there's got to be something in the Inland Empire, <laughs> right? <laughs> Shout out to that IE, or maybe Fontucky. Oh, for sure, Fontucky. <laughs> Fontucky 
is what they call Fontana out here. Yes. That is... It's it's we're the country. Not trying it's, to make fun of Kentucky, but I could see how that could come across that way. So we're not trying to make fun of Fontana or Kentucky. No, I guess we are when you say it like that. No, like I mean it's it. it's it's the country. Right. That's yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we got through it. Okay. Leah? Hmm. Are you ready? For? The general test. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm on question 32 of 35. Yep. So moment of truth, guys. Moment of something. Yes. <laughs> the question reads, what is the typical characteristic impedance of a quote unquote window line parallel transmission line? A, 75 ohms. B, 50 ohms. C, 100 ohms. D, 250 ohms. I... I have no idea, so I'm going to go with 50. Nope. 450 ohms. Wait, did you even say 450? Yeah, I said 450. It was the last one. I thought you said 250. I I meant I heard that wrong. Yes, a window line is its own separate thing. It's not like coax. Volunteer examiners are accredited by what organization? A, the universal licensing system. B, a volunteer examiner coordinator. C, the Federal Communications Commission, or D, the Wireless Telecommunications Bureau. It's the FCC, right? It's it, it's C, the FCC? No, really? So it's what are a they? volunteer examiner coordinator. What, what are they? They're VEs. Yeah. What is VE? A volunteer examiner coordinator. No. A VE is a volunteer examiner, mm-hmm. the person that, that yes. does the testing. Mm-hmm. A volunteer examiner coordinator is a group that allows or, or tests or certifies VEs to test other people. Okay. So it's all volunteer. All right. So the FCC handles the license logistics, if you will, but the actual act of taking the test and all that stuff is handled by different VECs. ARRL has a VEC. Mm. We know GLARG has a VEC, All right? right. Uh, there are many different VECs, and they use VEs to test people. All right. Yeah. The next question reads, what is the stage in a VHF FM transmitter that generates a harmonic of lower frequency signal to reach the desired operating frequency? A, pre-emphasis network. B, mixer, C, reactance modulator, D, multiplier. Um, okay, well, I don't think it's A. Okay. Do you use mixers in, in ham radio? No, right? That's just, I mean, it is an audio thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a reactance modulator is, but I know that a modulator could mm-hmm. be the right thing. Okay. I don't know that it would be a multiplier. Okay. Okay, I'm just I'm gonna go with mixer. It's a multiplier, God. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> 
So that was all three. Yeah. You missed. Damn. All right. The last one. What is the maximum symbol rate permitted for the RIDI or data emission transmitted on the 1.25 meter and 70 centimeter bands? A, 1200 baud. B, 56 kilobaud. C, 300 baud. D, 19.6 kilobaud. I'm feeling really beat down right now. Yeah, these are these are the tough ones for sure. <laughs> I have They're like, no ah, idea. <laughs> remember how good you started this? <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna go with 56 kilobaud because it's mm-hmm. the biggest one, and that was correct. Oh, that was right. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I failed. <laughs> what, what? How? Where were we at? Uh, 17 out of 35. 17. Yeah, you need 26. To pass. Okay. You got a little closer. Womp womp. <laughs> so, thank you again for being a good sport, though. Sure. It's <laughs> For those of you that, that walked with us uh, through Leia's journey to get her technician, there was a time where you were, like, not doing so hot with the technician tests either, right? right? And then one day, you are like, you know what? I'm going to study. <laughs> and then the next episode, you just walked in like super confident. And you're like, here, hold my graphing calculator. I don't need it anymore. And then you just like killed it. And it was I like, can play snake in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I can play drug wars in my head. Or dope wars. That was the... Uh, did you have that on your calculator? I did not. I thought you were from the streets. I, I was from the streets. I didn't need it on my calculator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. What is the show topic today? Uh, well, again, I want to mention everybody that um, I will be at Huntsville this weekend. Uh, I will be masked. I will. I, I have a nice little hand sanitizer device that I was, I'm quite. I'm quite happy with. Quite excited to uh, be able to deploy that. At the same time, I'm probably not going to be like doing a lot of handshaking. So just to keep that in mind for everybody. Um, we still have the giveaway this weekend. Radiodity has two radios that they're uh, that they have for me to give away and three gift certificates. Again, the easiest way to get in on that is join our Discord. Go to the giveaway chat, hashtag giveaway, and click the little red horns, and that's all you got to do. Once it's clicked, it'll turn. the number will turn blue. That indicates that you are in the giveaway. It will pick the winner, and then I'm just going to send you a message. I will send you a message, and then I'll just ask you where you want to have everything shipped. And the good thing about those gift certificates is I can just send you the number, so that's going to be great. Fantastic. If you have not, go watch the interview I did with Steve Herman. W7VOA. It was so much fun to do. I had uh, just all the things he's gotten to do and the places he's been able to go. Multiple countries. He's held licenses in a ton of countries, including Afghanistan. Really, really cool. Super interesting. And I loved his kind of like blase is not the wrong word, but the nonchalance, if you will, of like, because mm. I get super geared, like I, I geek out on gear. And so I'm asking, it's like, you know, what, what antenna did you use? What radio did you have? All this stuff. He's like, I just made something out of wire. I just made a wire antenna. A lot of his answers were like, oh, I just made a wire antenna. And, and I was able to, you know, I had pileups coming in like crazy and all this stuff. And I was just like, yeah, okay, cool. I really loved, I really loved his answer. I loved all of his answers to the, to the interview we did. So a lot of fun. Okay, so today's topic 
and again, I'm not operating at 100%, but it's tips on using a handheld radio effectively. Now, we've definitely talked about this kind of stuff, but what I want to do is I want to remove any one radio or brand or menu system from your mind for a second. Blank slate. The Got goal, he, don't, don't, don't blank out, but the, the goal here is to consider the intention of what you're trying to do with the radio. Consider what is the most effective way to use a radio, not your, you know, ICOM ID 51 that you have at home or your Yaesu FT3DR or FT5DR, ha, ha, ha. Don't think about it like, how do I make this particular thing work? Think of... How do I, if I was given any radio, do I understand the concepts of making it bend to my will? Because many times I, I get asked by people, what do I do to make this radio work? And, they'll, and I'll be like, I don't know this radio. But I don't reply to them with, I don't know this radio. I will, you know, pull up the manual, take a look at it really quick. And I'm like, well, I think you could probably do this, 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 and this. And then in true ham radio fashion, I put at the bottom... Uh, by the way, I've never used this radio before, but this should work, right? Because that's a lot of what we do. So here's some of my things that, that I want to remind everyone to do and consider doing regardless of what radio you have. But we're talking about handheld radios. You can apply this to mobiles a bit, but mainly we're talking about VHF, UHF. Consider that most radios have an A and a B channel nowadays, I devote one of the channels that's not doing APRS or something more specific where it's like maybe channel locked, like the B channel is the APRS channel. The A channel, I've got scanning. And it could be scanning my memories that I have already loaded on the radio, or it's scanning just the frequency space. Two meter, I'm scanning. Okay. So consider that whatever radio you're using, make sure you scan often because what that's going to do is it's often going to stop on a repeater. And you're like, hey, I, I, I've, never, I've never seen this repeater before. Or, hey, I'm, I'm listening to them for a little while and I like what they're talking about. Oftentimes, you can like type in your state and what that frequency is, and you can probably narrow it down with, with relatively good accuracy as to what repeater that is. And then you can turn around and load that on your radio. So that's a good way to fill out your radio with actual usable interesting repeaters hmm. mm -hmm. get used to multiple channels right so again going back to what i was saying most channels have an a and a b have a primary channel where you're like the active you're actively using so this could be your vfo scrolling through your different repeaters that you like it could be um your hotspot at home it could be just doing simplex you could have your simplex frequencies loaded there Get used to, you know, my A channel is like the the primary operator channel, and then my B channel I run APRS or listens to my hotspot or my local repeater that, you know, the guys get on at 5 p.m. for drive time, that kind of thing. Know how to manually program. Okay, when I'm saying know how to manually program, again, I'm not trying to say specifically your radio or, there, or we're going to dip into that a little bit here. But understand what the concept is when I say manually program a repeater. What I mean is most radios, when you type in a frequency for a repeater, it's the receive side of the repeater. Mm. It is the, the, the frequency that you will hear people on. When you want to talk into the repeater, 
there is often an offset that you have to consider. The frequency must shift because it's not simplex. It's okay. not a simplex repeater. So you are going to use either a plus or minus offset. Some use custom offsets, but most of them are a plus or a minus. And most HTs, you can say, I want to offset plus or I want to offset minus. And that offset will vary depending on your, if you're on two meters versus 70 centimeters. But keep in mind, that's what, it's, that's what it's doing. All repeaters are gonna have an input frequency that is slightly offset of the receive frequency. And then going along with that further, most repeaters that you will um, catch up with or find will require some kind of tone. That sub-audible tone, your radio will transmit into the repeater, the repeater will hear it, it will hear its sub-audible tone and activate. It will open up its capability to repeat, to receive your signal and transmit it on the receive frequency that you programmed in your radio and everybody else that has their radio program to that, they will hear that. That's how that works. So that is what manual programming is. So if you can if you can keep that concept in your brain and just remember, I need a receive frequency first, then I need to set the transmit frequency, which is the offset, and then I may have to have some kind of tone. And so you've got a DTMF tone, or people call them PL tones, or whatever they are, is DTMF right? I am tired. <laughs> I am really tired. Are you asking me? Yeah, yeah, Leah. Go ahead. <laughs> dive in here. At any, anytime. Anytime you want to dive in, go for it. Well, uh, yes? Mm. Okay. That's okay, my good. answer, yeah. Solid. DTMF. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it's, it's actually not that hard, though, to program a radio manually. And I know people, like, you know, they sit down in front of the radio and they're like, oh, my gosh. Go download the manual or, you know, pull it up on your iPad or tablet or whatever. And then just follow the section for it. I admit that a lot of even the really well-known brands sometimes don't do the greatest job in explaining how to do it. I think they assume you know more um, about the functioning of that particular radio. And they sometimes gloss over some things that they probably shouldn't. But anyway, keep that in mind. It's really not that hard. And I'm sure there is a YouTube video that exists for whatever radio so if somebody throws a you know a new radio in your lap and you're like I don't know how to program this, just pull up the pull up the um, the YouTube videos for it and, and they'll get you going. But then going along with that, yes, know how to manually program. When the chips are down, you're going to have to know how to do that. But but also please do program with a USB cable. It saves a ton of time and you can download Chirp or you can get something from RT Systems or you can download the applications for the manufacturer of the radio. And I mentioned that specifically for DMR radios. I get a ton of questions about programming DMR radios, and I wanna be really, really clear with what I have to say right now. If you have an Anytone 878, you need to go download the Anytone 878 CPS software. You have to use their programming software. Chirp will not do DMR. There isn't a universal DMR application, at least not one that I know of, that will do all radios. So you will have to go download the app specifically for the radio you're getting in front of. There's no way around it for DMR. That I know of. With that said, the analog radios are a lot more forgiving. So do have Chirp, potentially get RT systems for the radios you really, really like, um, and then uh, definitely learn how to program that way too, because that will save you a ton of time. Consider power options. 
most users for HTs, you know, what do we do? We come home. Use what's on board. What's that? Use what's on board. On board what? On board the radio. What Power options? Yeah. So what does that mean? For an HT, it's just the battery, right? Yeah. So what happens when you deplete it? Replace the batteries. How many batteries do you have? I don't know. You have a battery bank, right? You have like a bunch of um, little batteries that you're recharging and swapping them out. You're talking about double A's? Sure. Most HDs don't run off double A's. Oh. <laughs> They're all like lithium ion now. Okay. And and they do make battery trays that you can get. But mm -hmm. guess what? If you use double uh, A batteries in a battery tray, the radio will transmit with less output power. The lithium-ion really? batteries put out higher voltage, which gives you the extra power that gets you to five watts or whatever. Wow. See? Learn something new every week. So that's why power options are actually really uh, important to understand. Most HTs generally will have one of two options, or two, both options. An onboard charging system, which usually takes a little pin um, DC connection, and I and appreciate what's happening here. When you buy a radio, it'll come with like a dongle, you know, an AC plug. That is an AC-DC converter that will then output the DC voltage in that pin. And that pin goes into the radio, and that charge controller basically charges up the battery. Or they will have uh, metallic pads on the backside of the battery, and they'll have a drop-in charger. And you can drop the HT into the drop-in charger, and it will charge that way. So, this all revolves around AC mains power. If you do anything long enough with an HT, you will find yourself in a situation where your HT battery life is dwindling and you don't have AC mains power. So you're gonna have to consider your options. A lot of battery banks will not put out the voltage necessary to charge your radio. Um, solar systems will probably get you to 12 volts, but 12 volts might not be the right voltage for your radio either. Like Baofeng's take nine volts or something around there. So you do need to consider the, the input voltage coming into the radio and have an appropriate system to deal with it. There are some HTs, uh, the HGUV98 something, that APRS crazy weird radio that I reviewed recently. Its battery has a micro USB in the back of it. And I've heard because um, Quirky QRP got one, he his had a USB C battery, so I was super pissed off. I told him, like, "Let's trade, <laughs> let's trade batteries. I'll ship you mine, you ship me yours." Because I want USB C. I want all my devices to be USB C. I don't want to do USB Micro anymore. I'm I'm done with it. I hate that connector. Uh, so please consider. There are people on eBay. Uh, you can buy them online. That you can go buy a USB A to the actual um, DC connector that goes into your radio. And it's basically a, a step-up transformer. It's getting it to the appropriate voltage out. It has the right connector for your radio, and that allows you to charge off of a battery bank or some kind of solar system or a Jackery, you know, USB base station plug power storage kind of thing. So keep in mind, I, I think a lot of people, which is funny to me, a lot of people view... HTs is like this portable thing. They're going to keep it on their person at all times and they're going to use it. But a lot of HTs, it's happening more and more. They suck batteries dry. They absolutely will, will chew through a battery in like less than six hours and you're left with nothing. And then what do you have to do? You got to have an extra battery, swap it out, and then you get another six hours. But what do you do with the one that's just sitting there? Have some charge options. Don't be dependent on the mains power. 
So that would be my comment. Also, further along with the power options, what I just said, so many of these radios come out and they have all these cool whiz-bang features. Figure out that like you likely, when you get in front of a new radio or, or a radio that you're helping somebody out with, explain to them that they don't need GPS on most of the time. They don't need Bluetooth on most of the time. They don't need a lot of these features on because all they're doing is depleting that very valuable battery, particularly if you're going out in the field. So make sure you, again, learn your radio, learn any radio when you get in front of it to turn off all those things to save your battery. All right. Leverage many antennas. HTs are known to have the worst antennas in ham radio. They ship with not great antennas uh, and... There are, uh, pick up any radio. I know that the Japanese radio antennas are a lot better, but the Baofangs come to mind as being some of the worst antennas that are available. So perhaps, perhaps, consider buying a couple of antennas, maybe a short one that's a better performer than a rubber duck antenna. And a rubber duck antenna is what we call the stock antennas that ship with the radio. Get yourself a signal stick. They're really long, so maybe that's not going to work for you in all situations, but I still think you should have one for when you want to reach out a little bit further and get better signal in. So maybe you have a little bit shorter antenna, like a Nagoya to match your Baofeng, or a Diamond or something like that, that is a little bit um, better form and fit for how you're planning on deploying the radio. But have then, a next step is have something like a roll-up J-pole, something where you can have a full-length you know, antenna that you can hang high in a tree or get up in the air that can connect to your HT. Those are very inexpensive. I don't know, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, something like that. You can find uh, roll-up J-poles. MFJ makes one. Ed Fong is obviously the, the producer we like to reference a lot and recommend people to because they're super high-quality antennas, so make sure you do that. Consider maybe having a mag mount antenna, just something that can go in a go kit that is, you know, goes on the top of a car, maybe like a rental car, mm -hmm. and then it has just a screw-on antenna. And again, it doesn't have to be the big, long whip antenna. It could just be, you know, a foot and a half, two feet. That's going to improve your getting out considerably if you were trying to work inside of a car with, a, with an HT antenna. You don't want to do that. And then lastly, consider setting something up at home. You know, get it up in the air, get a nice vertical antenna up. It doesn't, again, doesn't have to be big, but getting it up, getting it outside is going to make your HT perform a thousand times better, I promise you, or any HT, and it will effectively operate. Will it appreciably operate, though? Uh, not necessarily. And actually, that's, <laughs> you know what, Leah, it's, it's like you were scripted to do this, because the last point is, consider a mobile radio. <laughs> there are some times where your radio just won't appreciably work. <laughs> And it's not the radio's fault. It's just that the people you're trying to contact are further away. Or um, th they, you know, it's further away. You, you got that hot repeater that you want to get on. You can hear it, but you can't, you can't activate it. You can't turn it on. I know a lot of you have experienced this. You hear a repeater really, really strongly. But you go outside and you got your signal stick. Maybe you even tried to get a Yagi. A Yagi might help. Go watch the Modern Rogues uh, tape measure Yagi video that just dropped on how <laughs> for some hot tips on, on building a tape measure Yagi. That might work because it gets you some gain. 
But at the end of the day, consider a mobile radio, like if you're at home or in your car, that 50 watts with a good antenna, I promise you, will make up for all those difficult situations you've found yourself in where you, you hear a great repeater, you want to talk, but you're just not making it. Or maybe you can barely activate it, but everybody says, oh, you're scratchy, and, and you don't want to feel bad about your audio signal, and maybe they should stop responding to you because you, you, you don't have a great signal. A, a mobile will fix all of that, I promise. So those are those are some of the things. I, I love when I'm like, yeah, these are effective tips for using a handheld radio, and the last tip is, Get a 50-watt radio, 50-watt <laughs> mobile radio. What's wrong with you? So, yeah. Okay. That's that's it. I am very tired. We would have gone a little bit longer, but whole oh, buddy. You've got uh, travels ahead. I've got travels ahead. I I think I'm, I'm feeling actually pretty good about when we're wrapping this up, so I'm glad, I got, I'm glad we got started with the podcast earlier. The kids were a nightmare, but we did get them down eventually. So anybody that got this far and you heard, uh, Mommy... <laughs> at about the halfway point that was that was edison <laughs> i don't know how much of that mommy my out. brother drank my water yeah, wow what a thing to get mad at. <laughs> but that's what they do lay anything uh you want to mention before we wrap things up here i just want you to have safe travels mm. yeah yeah i'll be masking and safe travels to anyone else everyone yeah everybody considered any ham fest this week in massachusetts huntsville yeah i mean straight up the there's fest. there's probably going to be someone rolling around there that has it I, i'm not i i don't think that that's not going to be a situation so just keep your distance um appreciate that that could be you and you just don't know it so that's also, why you distance if you need covid rapid tests mm. The uh, like I want to say it's Binax or something like that is uh, the supposed to be the most accurate rapid test you can buy at home now. Okay, and they're only about twenty something dollars. I want to say for two. Oh wow! So you can actually order them on CVS and they'll deliver it to you. And we'll put the link in the show notes or drop. You could order it now and it'll arrive by the time you get back. (laughs) I actually decided I'm taking the Monday off. So that um, I could just take the appropriate time to make sure I don't have symptoms or whatever. And I'll take a test like at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And the, these tests, what you say? 15 minutes, you shake it up or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's done. Mm-hmm. So a rapid test. So you, you'll know if you've, if you've got it or not. And then you plan accordingly. So, yeah. Just keep that in mind, everybody. Um, we'll you got to test every day for three days, right? Sure. Like just jam that tests. thing right up in my nose and, gonna, and get it sorted out. I'm going to go ahead and order some more tests. <laughs> How many did you get? I thought you had like a big bag of them. I think I have eight tests, but the kids are going back to school. So So every day you're just going to ram them in the nose? No. Why would I do that? Anyone. Just be Nax. Be Nax now. Be Nax now. Yeah. Wow. What a name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that screams COVID test to me when I hear that. I mean, don't laugh, but actually an epidemiologist friend of one of my friends was like, this is the only test you should buy. My dad owns a dealership. <laughs> that's like the new thing, my epidemiologist friend. But I really do have epidemiologist <laughs> <friends>. <laughs> I'm kidding. 
All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it, and the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. And again, I'll, I'll drop and mention uh, the Patreon if you want to support the podcast in any way. That's the way to do it. $2 is what gets you started. And the newsletter this week I'm going to be talking about is going to be Huntsville in two parts. It is my trials and tribulations of getting to the plane <laughs> and, and all the packing and all the stuff that had to go into that. And then we're going to talk about Huntsville and break it all down and probably some other fun stuff. And if you are going to be in Huntsville, um, please keep an eye on my Instagram and the Discord. There is a Huntsville chat on the Discord where I will be letting people know where I'm at and what we're doing for the end of day type stuff. So just to let everybody know, tomorrow evening, which is, well, today for you listening, is going to be a meetup at the campsite that Jason, Ham Radio 2.0, Mike, KMRD, Ham Radio stuff, um, Good Game Ham Radio. Is Good Game going still? I don't think he is. Oh, boy. Um, Adam will be there, K6ARK. I will be there. Dixie DX will be there. Uh, there's other people going to, and I'm so sorry that I'm not remembering everybody's names. But that's where we're going to be. It's the Monsanto campsite. Uh, Jason's already talked about Did this. Did you say Monsanto campsite? Not Monsanto. It's, it's <laughs> Monsanto. Boy, now I've got a... I... That's not a campsite I want you going to, Josh. <laughs> Just to add insult to injury. I don't want you coming home and ruining my garden <laughs> i brought back roundup no ribs but ribs though right yeah montsano <laughs> not santo m-o-n-t-e no new word s-a-n-o so that'll be the first night Saturday, so Saturday is going to be kind of tough uh, because we've got a lot of things, a lot of irons in the fire. The 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 show has these hospitality rooms that are set up. I don't know anything about them. I've never experienced this. The hotel that's connected to the show has bars and all this other stuff. So we're we're probably going to try and do a bit of everything, but then there's a brewery that everybody wants to go to. So again, I will be posting on the Discord and the Instagram, letting people know where I'm at and where people will be. I'll even let you know, hey, I'm going over here, but a lot of people are going over here or that brewery thing starts at this time and I'm probably going to be late or whatever. So again, follow me on on, on Instagram, um, Hammer to Crash Course on Instagram and the Discord so I can try and give you the most up-to-date information. I haven't spent much time talking about this because it's been so fluid, the whole thing, but that's the great thing about social media is I can get out to all of you very quickly. I will be live streaming in most situations, so if you don't want to be on camera, make sure you come up from behind me and maybe tap me on the shoulder and be like, hey, don't put me on camera. And then I'll look at your face and go, okay, I, I'll try not to put you on camera. But I will be live streaming most of this stuff and taking a lot of video. So I would love to interview you uh, in, in the cases that you want to do that. And I have socially distanced uh, remote microphone packs so that we don't have to be uh, I, you can clip it on your body and you can stand over there and we can do the whole thing and your audio will be fantastic. So consider that. Love it. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Thanks for listening, everybody. And until we talk to you again, 73. 73.